In a world where people actually watch the stuff their friends recommend, this is I'll Look at Yours If You Look at Mine. Just a couple of respected British actors hashing out philosophical differences and ideas over some gates. Well, that's all well and good for London, but uh, what's in it for Americans? Enter Gun Fu. Greetings, lookers! Welcome to this edition of I'll Look at Yours If You Look at Mine, the podcast that's one part movie discussion, one part game show where we never know what we're watching next. I'll be your host, Ben Mitchell, and you can find me on Twitter and most social media with the handle at RedHenMedia1. Just look for that red hen icon. And welcome to the first episode of Series 9. Here we are. There will be five episodes in this series, and the series theme is Modern Sci-Fi, for which we've all secretly submitted one movie, including an audience choice selection. Uh, by the way, if you want to submit for the audience choice film, go to redhenmedia.com slash audience choice. But today we will be discussing Equilibrium 2002, which is an action drama sci-fi thriller feature film currently streaming on HBO Max. And I'd like to welcome you to this very special episode. Yes, we are discussing Equilibrium, the movie that answers the question, how do you tell a story about not feeling emotions in an emotion-driven medium? Apparently, the answer is to just have the actors express emotions anyway. Continuity be damned! I guess it's sort of a listen to what I'm telling you, not what I'm showing you scenario, which I guess can work. I mean, this show is brought to you by Red Hen Media, uh, and in spite of the theme of the Red Hen folktale being about going it alone, I can't do this show by myself. So, speaking of which, there you are. I'm here today with my distinguished co-hosts. 
who likely have <laughs> turned me into the overlords already behind my back for expressing some kind of emotion. So we'd better join their conversation already in progress. Hey, gang. Howdy, howdy. Hey, howdy. Ben. <laughs> I had to improv that. Um, uh-oh. So you've been, you've been missing your dose, haven't you, Ben? I know, I know, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, Hunter caught me. Boy, that little little kids are <laughs> creepy in these movies, you know? That kid was they actually the kids did a better job of expressing non-emotion than the grown-up actors, I think. Yeah. Anyway, uh, let's talk about who is with me. Joining us today is the provocative one, Mr. Devin Schwartz. The game is on. Indeed. And my good friend, the incendiary James Pepe. It's me, James Pepe, and this, yet another movie in the long tradition of killing off Sean Bean as quickly as possible. Oh, yeah, they didn't waste any time. I never seen seen it out of, like, act one. I I really can't remember a thing that he's been in where he's not killed off. Maybe it's just my my terrible memory, but... uh... If you come up with that right into the show, or if one of you guys uh, can correct me real quick. But yeah, that seems to be a, a career theme for that guy. Yeah. I think now that the writers like of Hollywood have caught on, they're just going to keep doing that to him forever. And then uh, they'll bring him back digitally once he has passed away. Yeah, he's, been, he's, been, he's been typecast as a corpse. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Poor Sean Bean. Uh, okay and with us also the irrepressible gentleman jim scott hey jim hey and greetings gentle listeners and friends happy to be here yeah happy to have you all and um let's start off by checking today's headlines extra 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 read all about it okay now that i've gotten my s together on finding my Sound drop. Uh, did you find anything interesting in the news today, Devin? Uh, yeah, yeah, I found one. Uh, this is actually a transcript from a, a radio broadcast, but uh, nonetheless. Okay. Uh, unfortunate, I mean, sad, I mean, tragic, I mean, neutral news today as actor Sean Bean has died in a film once again. He is survived <laughs> by his wife and children who will feel no way in particular about this completely normal event. <laughs> just like watching paint dry yeah. or watching the grass grow it's all the same man <laughs> it's all equilibrium okay james pepe where have yeah, you been I, perusing around in the newsy news sphere so i uh i found this on i found this on fox news Uh-oh. <laughs> this is bound to be good <laughs> Equilibrium <laughs> Equilibrium proposes easy two-step process for overthrowing fascist government. Step one, stop taking drugs. Step two, buy lots of guns. The libs hate it. <laughs> <laughs> you can't argue with it, though. The system works. Yeah, I mean, look works, at America man. now. <laughs> Working great. Yeah. Look at us now. All right. <laughs> so thank you for that, James Pepe. And um, Jim Scott, what did you find in the news? Yeah, so I uh, looked up and found this article in a popular news magazine called Popular Science Fiction. And uh, the headline reads as such, Science Fiction 
translates the future once again. It's a popular theory that science fiction often predicts the future. You look at the works of Asimov, etc., and you will see uh, that the things in stories often become true. The movie Equilibrium is no such stranger and has inspired future tech. What, you ask, have they designed that would uh, match an injection to dead all emotion? Well, it is social media. Yet yeah. another just just infinitely long headline that you managed yeah, to find. Yeah, sorry, these, these I'm very news organizations. Yeah, just you get an article from yeah. the press of a headline. It's sort of like <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's value. Like the, uh, the onion headlines where they make them long because they know you just read the headlines. No one reads the. You know. It reminds me of when I ask Alexa to tell like tell me the like read me back the headline that popped up and then she'll like <laughs> tell me like a 20 minute audio story but um jim you're not wrong <laughs> they didn't predict that back then either they had no idea what was coming yeah. i noticed that like cameras were nowhere either which was terribly wrong but we'll we'll get to like what they got right and wrong right but that was definitely like a, a lot of this sure. plot would have been fouled by like everyone having a camera in their pocket you know yeah um yeah. It's one of those cell phones ruined movies. Uh, it came in just before that, 2002. Okay, well, thanks for the headlines, fellas. Um, why don't we give this conversation that we've already jumped into a little context and do a little thing that I like to call the rundown. Hey, Jim, can I get a... Um... <laughs> Hi. Hi. I need a rundown of the clients. Can you get that to me? Sure. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Our boss, Charles Miner. Just a minute of rundown, and who could it be? Jim from the office just handed the dossier to Devin. So let's see what Devin has for us on Equilibrium. Indeed, indeed. Uh, I'm, the, the movie we're talking about today, it's Equilibrium, a 2002 action drama sci-fi. The synopsis is as follows. In an oppressive future where all forms of feeling are illegal, a man in charge of enforcing the law arises to overthrow the system and state. It was directed and written by Kurt Wimmer, uh, who is a name I don't recognize, but might uh, you might. He wrote the 2012 Total Recall movie, um, the 2009 Law Abiding Citizen, uh, Point Break in 2015. Uh, is that the original? That's not the original Point Break, no. No, no, no. <laughs> remakes, but uh, this. It's well, interesting because this movie reminded me a little bit of the original Total Recall. So. Yeah, definitely a lot of uh, uh, DNA of other sci-fi in this one, I'll say. Yes, that's probably mm -hmm. how he got the job of rewriting everything else, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, this is i mean, this is largely a rewrite of like 1984, right? Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. we'll get to that. We'll, we'll get to that cast. Uh, we got Christian Bale, Sean Bean, Emily Watson, Tay Diggs, uh, Dominic Purcell from uh, Prison Break, I think. He's a big TV actor. A um, mm -hmm. couple other faces. Uh, Sean Pertwee, you might recognize. Um, William, William Fichtner. He's like the leader of, he was the leader of the Resistance. Uh, a lot of, a lot of he's like... In, uh, he's, wasn't he the guy from uh, Batman or The Dark Knight? He was like the mob boss... Uh, um banker yeah 
with the yeah, shot yeah, 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 yeah. the Joker killed. Yeah. I think he was also yeah. in Aliens 3. Which Christian Bale was in, so I wonder if they're friends, I guess was my point there. It's possible, yeah. He was also in Armageddon, who was uh, Colonel Willie Sharp. Oh, yeah. Good call. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, a couple other faces, uh, but that those top, you know, four that are really, that they carry the movie. Christian Bale, Sean Bean, Emily Watson, Timothy Diggs. This was a uh, UK production, no? I mean, it felt like... It was, yeah, it was produced in quite a few places. Um, the in Berlin, a lot of it was in Berlin and uh, outer Germany. Um, looks like, yeah, it looks like a lot of Berlin, actually. Mostly Berlin, different places throughout this. Hmm. Um, but yeah, so yeah, mostly UK people probably working on it. That's why we get those, those two as the stars. Um, the It was nominated for the fewest number of awards I've ever seen on IMDb, just two. Uh, the American hmm. Choreography Awards for Outstanding Achievement in Fight Choreography. Yeah, okay, uh, I can see that. Yeah, and uh, the Phoenix Film Critics Society Awards uh, for Overlooked Film of the Year. Uh, <laughs> neither of didn't win either of those, just nominated. It wasn't the most. <laughs> so what was the most overlooked film? I have to know. That's a good question. <laughs> that's that actually a really... It's still being overlooked. We'll never know. That's why. That's a, It's that's so, so good at being overlooked. We can never know what it is. Yeah, right. you would never guess. I could give you Ben. I could give you a hundred guesses, and you would never guess the movie that was that one. Lord of the Rings: The Two Towers, the most overlooked movie of two thousand and two. No, what? the most. No, I can't. I can't. Also, yeah, nobody saw that. I still haven't seen that. I didn't oh, wait, know there sorry, was a second one. I just watched the first one and the last one. Uh, I've made a mistake. As hilarious as that is, that is not. Sorry, that oh, was okay. The, okay. the top award for that year for that entire award show. Well, now we're uh, on par with Fox News with our, our factability. The winner was about a boy. Um, I don't, okay, I don't remember recognize that, one. that movie. Yeah, so yeah, I guess it was overlooked. But also nominated, wah, wah. Equally, equally ridiculous, uh, Spirited Away, also nominated for most overlooked film. Well, I <laughs> Maybe mean, at the time. Maybe at the time it was. Yeah, yeah time for that one to get yeah. everywhere. I had to get the That's awards fair. first. I still had to shove that in people's hands when they came into the video store. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, all right, moving on to some trivia. Despite popular belief, absolutely no wires were used in the making of this film. All of the gravity-based stunts were used, were done with uh, trampolines and other uh, more traditional methods. Hmm. How did they get all the electricity where they needed it, though? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, yeah, that's, that's good. <laughs> <Solid>. <laughs> yeah, nice. Thanks for the Tesla's uh, over the yeah, air. Right. Yeah. Etc. Two different actresses played Preston's wife uh, in the original like film archive footage that he watches near the beginning of the movie. Uh, his wife is played by Alexa Summer. However, later when they filmed her uh, flashback where she's being arrested, they couldn't contact the actress. It just says they couldn't oh, find her. And so they cast uh, Maria Pia Calzone uh, as the, this is his wife in that scene. Huh. Um yeah, they had to invent special sticks to be used in the one stick fighting scene between Christian Bale and Tate Diggs because they were really hitting each other with those things full force yeah. and would break the like wooden ones they were trying to use. So they had to like create mm -hmm. custom ones that were like wrapped in a, a plastic, you know, covering to make them more durable. Yeah, um, if I might, I, I, we used um, spray painted uh, broomsticks screwed into the base for the. Um, Star Wars fan film for the lightsabers, and we had the same problem. They would just break. We broke a hundred of those. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> speaking of the creepy kids, uh, Daniel Radcliffe auditioned for the part of John Preston's son, a very 
fairly young uh, Daniel Radcliffe. Oh. I think he would have been like huh. eight or nine. Yeah. It would have been interesting, although uh, before it Harry is Potter, the right era, isn't it? a year, I think. Yeah, or when this is being filmed. Actually, no, I think the first Harry Potter film would have already been released. So it would have been like, you know, Chamber of Secrets age. Post Potter. Yeah. Um, which probably wouldn't have been so busy. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, right? They probably yeah, just because yeah, yeah. they're like, we don't want Harry Potter in our movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everyone's just going to be like, yeah, that's Harry Potter. Um, according he would have done a fine job and it would have been distracting. Yeah, exactly. According to the commentary, the story had to be changed slightly because the dog in the film had grown too quickly and so they couldn't use it for reshoots. They just had to keep reusing the same footage they had already filmed of the puppy. Oh, no wonder. Mm-hmm. Had that same yeah. cute, like, licky, kissy face thing doing every time they showed it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, And finally, uh, although making a science fiction movie, Wimmer intentionally avoided using futuristic technology, this could explain the absence of cameras, um, that could become obsolete. He also decided to set his story in an indeterminate future to create more of an alternate reality feel rather than a futuristic feel. Hmm. Sure. That makes sense. Uh, And that is it for the trivia. Let's move on. Let's move on to some rundown recreations. Wow. Hell yeah. Oh, hell yeah. You guys ready? It is time. I mean, blimps are never obsolete, so it's good you left that thing in. Oh, yeah. Just a timeless technology. I mean, why, why else have you got that? Yeah. Um, all right, so you guys will be using your uh, lower thirds, the, the one we don't use for the score, just to be warned. Not for this first thing. Okay. And uh, today's Rundown Recreation is what I like to call the Rundown Recreation Rumble. I've got a few different games, little quick games for you all to play. Uh, I'd like to begin with a little game some of you older folk may remember called Concentration. Uh, this is basically the final round of Concentration. The Uninitiated, this was a game where uh, players would slowly unveil uh, a pictographic image that described a word or a series of words. And after uncovering the image, they would then guess. It was sort of like Wheel of Fortune, as the, like, the clue would kind of slowly become uncovered, except the clue in this case was a bunch of images that formed a word. But, um, and so we're skipping kind of the part where you reveal, I'm just gonna go to the last, what was the final segment of concentration. And uh, how this is going to work is I'm going to reveal these four images, which together form a word related to the film. And after I reveal each image, each of you can guess once, if you'd like to buzz in and one guess, uh, you don't have to, okay? and uh, you only get one per image. So be prepared. The first image. Do we have to buzz guess. in on this? Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess you could shout out your guess. Either way, uh, if you want to be more civilized, you could buzz in. I don't understand what we're trying to guess. It's, it is a word related to the film. Oh, okay. That will be formed up of these four. Anyone have a guess for round one? Well, Jim, Jim buzzed in. Tetris? Uh, oh, Jim okay. buzzed in. I'm sorry, Jim. What's your guess? <clears throat> no, that's okay. Uh, my guess would be Tetris. Not quite. So this, so just to, to, this is an element of the final word. So there will be four images which sure. together form a full word. Uh, yes, that is, okay. that is that is only one of one part of four. Uh, all right. Oh, I'm going to guess. So is that block? Not quite. So you, you can just guess the full word. You don't have to guess based on just that. I mean, like, if you want to predict what the full word is going to be. I, mean, okay. I should have explained the word. I All don't right, want I'm to. I'm going to reveal image too. <laughs> oh. 
Well, let me say, I think my, my guess is like a motion blocker or, so, or something like that. Good guess. That was the drug raid. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Well, image two. I'm going to ride your coattails there and add on to it if I can. I can't see that. It's a gramophone. It's like an old. Well, you know what? I just need to look on my other screen. I'm sorry. It's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. So we'll have a guess based on images one and two. Once. Going twice. All right. Image number three. Oh, wait. That's image number four. You didn't see that. Oh, no. I didn't see it. So, so for the for the for the listening audience, the first picture was oh, yeah. a, was a picture of Tetris blocks falling down. The second is like an old timey gramophone, and the mm -hmm. third is a like like a one ton block that like Wiley e. Coyote would drop on the Roadrunner. All right, we're at three out of four. Does anyone make a guess at this point? Until they reveal the final image. Yeah, I don't, I don't have a guess. Right. And the final image is a Christian cross. Does anyone have a guess based on all four images? Block records in Crossington? <laughs> That's correct. I have no idea. How'd you guess it, Benton? <laughs> That's right. Nailed it. I, oh, man. This, this seems like something you would see in an escape room. This is fun. <laughs> but if I had to guess, and um, maybe we could do this together if that's okay, cooperatively. Um, I remember the scene in the movie, because I'm assuming this has to do with the movie, where he put on um, a Beethoven. Was it Beethoven? Was. Um, you guys yeah, did? yeah. Okay, so he put on Beethoven, and it created a ton of... Uh, um, of emotion so maybe instead of motion it inspired a crisis in faith um there was uh, also, so it is, also it is christian yeah. bale yeah. the actor word or phrase yeah although i don't know how you would end with the name <clears throat> christian and this the image might be mirrored for you so just remind you it's, it is the tetris blocks the gramophone the weight sure. and the crust that is the order yeah so um maybe the first word of this phrase or the maybe the first is fit or spot or space um falling maybe or falling place could be right. give us give us, right. a hand, give us a hand. uh okay this is um this is a a word that well one of the two words that make up this phrase was invented for use in this film only. okay one oh. of the words oh. yeah phrase. okay let me check my notes because i wrote a question mark what the hell they were okay, talking so about so this is so this is tetragrammaton so, um, yep oh yes. the last okay. word one more word you got it tetragrammaton Cleric. Benson. Benson. Yeah. Cleric. Okay. Yeah. I'll give you each half a point. We'll say we'll do that. So, okay. half a point. I thought you had to use the full word, but I now I get how the game works a little better. So, so you, you're dropping uh, 
the ends Mr. of Graham some words to fit them all together. Yeah. It's yeah, exactly. Is it a made exactly. up word? That's a real word. That's not that's a real word. Yeah, what? it's it's the it's the name the it's a word meaning the, the true name of God. Which word was that, Pepe? Oh wow, tetragrammaton. Oh cool. Like what Lilith spoke I, to escape. Yeah, I. Uh, I feel Adam. like. Um, yeah, I feel like some of the placement of words, which we'll get into in the discussion of the movie, was placed for a reason because of a deeper symbology. So I, I think that that will help us, um, Pepe, because you knew that, get closer in the discussion of this film. So that's great. Yeah, it's a, right. it's a Hebrew word or it's sort right. of a transliteration of the Hebrew word. I do remember now. Um, but all right, round two, we're going to play The Price is Right. You can all <laughs> come on down. You will be using uh, you will be using your lower third. One dollar. That's so my bet. Make sure you clear off your uh your, your score cards if you're ready to use your other cards to give me the answer to this question. Yes, I have my answer card you. How much profit did there sorry, how much money did this uh movie make at the box office? This twenty million dollar movie made how much money? International box office. Well, ten seconds. Answer. Okay. Well, that's not enough time for me to Google this, so I'm just gonna write down a guess. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm ready. Answer locked. Jim is, Jim is locked in his answer. Pepe, right? I'm ready. Yeah. All right. Uh, ben wants to reveal first. Uh, you know, a lot of the time these things make back like half their budget, so I just went with half at ten million. That's epic. Uh, I'm gonna say that it made back its well, that its production budget, <laughs> I guess, for twenty million. Right, 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 right. Which is also Thanks. a flop, right? So yeah. So is it the closest without getting over? Wins this point? That's I just want to know. Unless you all go okay. over, that gets you on stage. <laughs> right? In which case, I will. No, yeah, one dollar. as well. I heard you say international, so I feel like that would be more money. So I put down thirty-four million. All right. Well, I gotta say, Jim, if you had just one dollar, you would have won. Oh, man. Only made five point three million. Wow! Really? An absolute flop. Apparently, so it got a very small release um, because it apparently made a lot of money outside the box office, just in like regular, I guess, VHS sales, DVD, or DVD sales. Uh, it made enough internationally in other countries, like in the UK, uh, or I guess the EU, that they didn't need a box office release. Box office releases are so expensive in the US that they decided to just basically not release it in the US in the box office. So that's why it got like a 300 meter release and made a very small amount. Hmm. So Ben, I'll give you a point for that. You were the closest. Damn it! I don't think that's okay. how the right works, but uh, I'll give you. One. All right, final round. We'll be playing. Who wants to be a millionaire? <laughs> oh man! It's a pretty good Regis Philbin there. That wasn't terrible. <laughs> what breed of dog was used to sway John Preston towards the importance of emotions? Was it a? Portuguese water dog, B, Burmese mountain dog, 
C, St. Bernard, or D, brushing his teeth. That's an office room. Uh, I think I saw Jim a hair before Ben. It was very okay. close. Yeah, I think I, I, think I saw Jim first. What's your guess? Uh, my, my guess is uh, the St. Bernard. That is incorrect. Ben, you guessed second. Go ahead and give me an answer. Um, since that was my guess, I'm going to change my answer to B through process, try a little process of elimination here. Burmese that Mountain Dogs. Correct. Burmese Mountain Dogs. Yeah, it sounded the second most rightest to me. So. Yeah. St. Bernard and Burmese Mountain Dogs look very similar. Especially it was an edumacated guess. That's what it was. Very yeah, good. Congratulations, yeah, I, I figured. Right. Yeah, thank you. So two, two and a half points. points you've won today. Oh, two, well, and a half. two and a half. Yeah, you get to have one. Uh, you've won today's random recreation. This many. Man, my mom's going to be so mad. I didn't win. <laughs> you got to be a winner. <laughs> I watched The Breakfast Club this week. Similar That's theme a good there. one. Yeah. That was excellent. What a, what a game show yeah. roundup we had. Yeah, I was trying to come up with one type that would fit like this movie is the trivia that I had. And I was like, nothing, no one thing fits. I'm just going to do a bunch of things. Yeah, yeah. It was a, it was was a smorgasbord. Nice job. Okay, and I think that also concludes our rundown. It does indeed. Yep, I thought so, because you ended with trivia. I was paying attention this time. Uh, wow, you got, <laughs> so you got leads lucky, us, <laughs> Right? And this <laughs> leads us to doing the next segment to figure out who submitted this. We'll do a little whodunit. We've reached the segment where we guess and reveal who is responsible for this week's submission. No teasing. We'll tell you who did it. Winner with the most correct guesses at the end of the series will win a Who Dundee Award. So I guess I got to guess first. Is that how we're doing it? I don't know. Winner. Oh, I was the winner. So I guess I do have to guess first. Damn it. Um, that always puts you at a disadvantage, but that's kind of <laughs> that's the genius of our show. That's the point. Yeah, yeah. We no, it's take, good. Take you, those you winners down it makes. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Give him a little disadvantage. Um, yeah, so I, I, you know, I'm gonna guess Jim because I think that this is around the right era of movie where he would submit, and um, it seems like it has the kind of uh, psychological and thriller tones that he enjoys doing. Um, how confident am I? Not very, um, but I'm hoping to just kind of land on the right guess here. So I'll stick with Jim. Devin, who do you think done it? It's an interesting one. I kind of feel like this movie falls in sort of the like center of uh, of the Venn diagram of like all of our uh, like potential picks because I think it has mm. some sort of like seventies eighties yeah. schlock that I think really would appeal to you, Ben. It's got like totally. sort of the cheesy action that kind of appeals to me, uh, and then sort of the moral and philosophical questions I think appeal to both Pepe and Jim. Um, and I think could easily be any of our movies, which leads me to, I think this is the audience pick. I don't think this is any of ours. I don't think it has quite enough of any one of has our a little, opinions. Yeah, has a little yeah, DNA from each of us, but yeah, I can see that. It's a little well outside of down. our, yeah, I, I think it's. Yeah, answer. yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Um, well, what do you think, Pepe? Is he onto something or did Jim done it? <laughs> it wasn't me. 
No, to, to be honest, I was sort of thinking the same. Um, this doesn't seem to quite hit the mark for any of us. Although I think if it were to be one of ours, um, it would either be it would either be Devin or Jim's because I think you were alive when this movie was made, right, Devin? Mm-hmm. All the movies okay. this this uh, season. Oh yeah, that's right. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, but I don't think I don't think this is a a movie Devin would pick. And but it is it does it does have that sort of like late nineties early two thousands stink on it that of the movies that Ben is often submitting. Um, <laughs> the movies I submit of a late nineties early two thousands stink. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I think so. <laughs> I love the turn of phrase. The cheap shots have, <laughs> have begun well, I already. Eighties slot was was bad enough. But damn. Well, I, I mean, like. 90s and early aughts movies have like a, a, a like sh- certain feel mm-hmm. to them. Um, oh yeah, this one know, has it. In I know spades. what you're saying. This one wrong. has it in spades. So yeah, yeah, yeah. that's right. No, yeah. Um, I want to so say more, I'm, but you know, we'll I'll wait till we're done with this. Yeah, yeah. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if this is Ben's movie, but mm-hmm. I think this is mm-hmm. the uh, an audience movie. Okay, cool. Well, um. If you're right, that'll add injury to insult. So we'll see. Um, I'm rooting for you, big guy. Um, just, well, let's Me see, too, man. Uh, yeah, totally. That makes that makes two of us. <laughs> that makes two. So, uh, <laughs> Jim Scott, who do you think done it? <clears throat> well, I don't think this is Pepe's movie. Pepe tends to be more highbrow than this, even though it has some yeah. philosophical. I feel like it would have to have deeper meat on the bone um so i don't think it's pepe um i'm torn i can see why why this might be an audience choice for sure you guys have laid out that argument um beautifully but looking at both of your guys's reaction and i'm just going off the nonverbal. i think it's either you ben or you Devin. um you ben because when you realized it was you were first you kind of hurried up and threw something out there um so that it possibly is you yeah and then Devin, i noticed you were pretty watchful of everybody but uh that could be your normal kind of uh um way of doing normal things so, <laughs> i don't want to exactly <laughs> say shiftiness but a uh a, a certain <laughs> more than normal watchfulness and you know nonverbals are kind of hard to detect in little boxes that we are but uh, I think it's between the two of you. I'm going to just go out on a limb and say, I think it's you, Devin. Okay. All right. Uh, so I respect the guess, but I'd be, I'll be surprised if it was Devin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, it could really be any of us, but I don't think it's, I don't think before we answer, I don't think it's you Pepe because it's not jumping through the hoops. Like you, you have aptly said before. Um, That's right. They That's just right. didn't. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was one of those things. I think neat idea that didn't quite jump through hoops um, mm-hmm. enough for Pepe Space. I think so. But let's find out. Let's find out who's guilty here. Um, it's gonna be let's fun. see. So I, it's kind of tight. So, but Jim, I I guessed you first. So let's just start with you. Did you done it? Tell me you done it. You did it, right? Oh shit! It's nope. not Jim. No way. Oh man. No. All right. Well, I guess my score remains zero. Too recent for this is too recent for a gym movie. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe. Yeah. 
Um, <laughs> I thought maybe because of the thriller aspect of it, and you know. Uh, okay. Um, hmm. So Jim guessed. Um, Devin. Devin. So there you are. Hi. Nice to meet you. <laughs> <laughs> so Devin, tell us, did you done it? I did not. Okay. So that was that was like a. I don't like this. I love it. <laughs> It's just through process of elimination, figure this out then. Um, Pepe, no one thinks it's you, so I'll just say that it wasn't me. No. Was it you, Pepe? Did you, did you, did you get us, or was this the audience choice? Man, if only I had everyone fooled. This was yeah, not me. Yeah, then you'd get, you'd get bonus oh, points, man. Oh, oh, not me. Wow, we did it, Pepe. We did, All right, you guys right. both yeah, you got a point. A point. Congratulations. Congratulations. I actually yeah. think I know exactly whose movie this is. I, I'm just going to go out on a limb. I think this is Jordan's. I think Jordan's. This is a, this is a fucking spot we'll on Jordan's. I'm and, almost and let the audience yeah, know if it was his I audience. I talked to him about this, but when I did, I was like, don't say anything about whether it was yours, but the movie we're watching is Equilibrium. Like, that's all I told him. So okay. No hints. Okay. Yeah, find out. Find oh, out. Yeah. That'd be interesting to know either way. Um, so, yeah, we did have a few people submit for audience choice this time. So, it was neat. Um, so I guess we can cross that one off our list. It might make it easier for us to guess whose movie it is uh, moving yeah. forward. But I'll give Absolutely. you guys a, a correct thing. You can update your score cards to show that you are both tied with one point for the series. That Good is stop, correct. Man. Devin, Devin, you're going down. I'm winning this season. I'm, I'm calling my shot Get now. him! Get him! Get him, Pepe! <laughs> Get him! <laughs> <laughs> As long as my movie doesn't get picked next, because it'll be, it'll be, every, my, everybody seems to have me pegged so hard. Just mm-hmm. how I like yeah, it. Yeah, you mean, just, there's, just, you have a very specific <laughs> type of films that you like to submit, at least. I yep. know you like more than the I films know, you like, yeah. but you, you like to submit very specific types of films. Mm-hmm. And so, I, yeah, I was wondering at the last second there if you just messed with us all and just, you know, was going to run away with this, but, um, audience choice so um yeah we'll see what we'll see for next week though i'm hoping to get on the scoreboard uh for now it is tied mm-hmm. one um now that we know who done it, it's time to ask why done it um why did you guys submit this audience and if it wasn't yours uh chosen um just keep on trying to submit next time and we'll probably eventually get to your pick too and it'll be on the show but uh, since um, this is the audience choice, um, we're going to say that um, we'll just go with Jordan. Since, since Devin thinks it's Jordan, we'll, we, we can't ask him. Wait, can you get him on the phone right now? I, I messaged him. I, I don't, I don't okay, I was trying to stall just in case. I, yeah, that's how you're working. Well, I mean, I'll say like this was, this was really cool to have the audience choice come in because I, I really come in right like, at the beginning or just at all. Well, no, I mean, just at all, because like, I think that this is a movie. Well, I mean, I'd be interested to see who had, who hadn't, hadn't seen this, but I think this is a movie that we probably all enjoyed more or less, but that also wasn't a movie that any of us necessarily would have picked. True. And so I think yes. that's really cool. That's why it's great. Yes. Yeah. Good point. It's that X factor. And now we get to discuss a yep. um, pretty interesting film, I think. Um, you know, I guess I could, if you can't get Jordan, um, I can ask my wife to check the list uh, later once we go on break and we'll kind of reveal that later. How about that? Um, so either way, we'll find out. But um, yeah, that Perfect. is a cool, that is a cool aspect. So 
who's seen it before? Let's start off with that. I like to I like to know. Is this new for anyone? Is anyone a first time equilibrium taker? I, I had never seen it before. Or never. heard of okay. it. I this like right. never well, it was overlooked. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, I'd seen it when it came out just the one time. I remember thinking it was all right, um, being entertained, um, thinking it was kind of a matrix ripoff, and since then, um, watching it again i'm seeing a lot of other movies that we'll kind of get into i want to ask what you guys see in this because i saw about five or six different films uh, and stories that it was leaning on not necessarily in a bad way but it was um so pepe had you seen this when it came out had you seen it on tv uh have you seen it recently what's the story with equilibrium and you so i have seen this before um i don't remember what the occasion was or when i first saw it um, did you see it in the theater? Did you see I think it? In I might theater, have. Then? Really? Okay. I did. I. I'm almost positive I didn't see this in a theater. I'm sure I saw this, um, with like my buddies when we went to fucking Bradley Video and rented five movies for five dollars. And mm-hmm. sure, know, that sounds we'll perfect. Did, for did that. one of those? Yeah. It's like you've seen the Matrix. <laughs> now look yeah, at this right. cover that looks almost exactly the same. Yeah, the reason I say I probably did see it in theaters is I was actually working at a movie theater in the era this oh, was okay. released, so I saw everything in this era. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think so this, this was, was another probably, Bradley, huh? This was probably only the second time I've seen this. Maybe third, but I'd be surprised. Yeah. yeah, yeah. we're in the same boat there. Do you remember yeah. really seeing it at all first? Did you remember a lot mm. of the story? I remembered a few things. I remembered I remembered that it was a Matrix ripoff. I remembered right. liking it okay. Right. And to to I don't know, maybe to get a little bit of ahead of ourselves. I remembered it being a little better than I think it than my my like this last time of watching it. I, I thought it was gonna be a little bit better. Yeah, to that end, I, I really didn't like the first five minutes of this. I was like groaning and rolling my eyes, and it kind of won oh, me yeah, over. That's brutal, yeah. But um, they shot this, clearly they shot this on video. If I'm wrong, I'll eat my hat. It looks like it was shot on vi- the video cameras that were available, the best of the best at the time, but it just looked like a CW production as far as like just the level of photography. The the actual like shots themselves and were lit beautifully and set up right, but it just, it had that like video look to it. Do you guys know what I'm talking about at all? Like this, like real contrasty yeah. and... Yeah. yeah, yeah. So Jim... You had seen this before. Um, um, are you in the no. same boat as Pepe? And I? No, you hadn't. Oh, okay. This was a new one. Well, well, no, no. This is a thing that I think that I've seen this before. Sure. Um, sure. I knew of this title, but I can't remember shit about this movie. CRS. So yeah. I'm kind of like, did I see it? Did I not see it? I can see um, that. I can see this movie yeah. being one of so those. So when you like, watched it, did sure. anything come back to you at all? Or are you still unsure if you'd ever no. seen it? No. No. Okay. No, none of it. And, and movies in the early 2000s are, um, you know, that kind of the, the early to mid 2000s are kind of hazy for me, you know. But um, yeah, I no, no, I didn't recall nothing. It was a I was surprised to see Ty Dix, you know. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And and I was pleasantly surprised to see a young Sean Bean. Yes, um, exactly. That was cool. And I was hoping I was hoping I mean, for he, more of Sean Bean, but he yeah, always, yeah. always do. The way he always yeah. does. That's how yeah. he keeps getting work. Like you always want more of him. 
maybe, maybe that's his trick. Yeah. But he had uh, done Lord of the Rings, at least the first, he probably shot them all by this point, but the first one had definitely been released because mm-hmm. it was 2001, right? Or am I, am I remembering correctly? It was 2001, two and three is when those three were released, I think. Or maybe it was two, three and five. I don't know. Or one, three. Well, and five. it was recently the 20th anniversary of, uh, uh, what? Uh, the first one, the first, the first one. Yeah. So that's, yeah, that yeah. sounds about right. Yeah. So, right. And so they, the theme had already been established, I guess, of killing them off, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, quick update. Uh, this was our friend Jordan Allen's submitted film. Hey, oh, congrats, yes, wow. Jordan. Uh, he didn't give me a full reason why necessarily, but he did say that he considers it a, a hidden gem and that mm-hmm. uh, it, it basically invented the idea of, of gun kata, gunfighting. Yeah, yeah, I call it gun gun fu, but gun kata is what they call it in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, that, since you mentioned that, oh, did he have something else to say? Because I'll play a no, clip no, was, about the gun like kata. That. Okay, great. So let me play this clip that explains gun kata and why they do the thing. They have to explain why they do the thing, right? Otherwise, yeah. we're just like, yeah, that looks cool, but why the hell would they do it? Yeah, right. That's not enough to just be cool. You have to like give some. Oh no, no, not not at all. <laughs> you no. have to give some goofy explanation for it. <laughs> That's right. That's right. That thus making it cool. Yeah, right. or explaining. British people understand how Americans just like think. just like a joke. They get funnier <laughs> if you explain them. The That's more right. you explain them, the funnier yes. they get. <laughs> explain it why it's cool, Britain. Yeah, right. The gun cut. Through analysis of thousands of recorded gunfights, the cleric has determined that the geometric distribution of antagonists in any gun battle is a statistically predictable element. The gun cutter treats the gun as a total weapon, each fluid position representing a maximum kill zone, inflicting maximum damage on the maximum number of opponents while keeping the defender clear of the statistically traditional trajectories of return fire. By the rote mastery of this art, your firing efficiency will rise by no less than 120%. The difference of a 63% increase to lethal proficiency makes the master of the gun carters an adversary not to be taken lightly. Okay, that was gun carter. Uh, and they had some diagrams that were very helpful in the movie. Oh, yeah, big time. Uh, so what did you guys think of that? I mean, did you buy it? And if you didn't buy it, did you think it was cool enough to kind of just run with it or or what? What did you guys think of that? What you guys, were you up on this movie, down on it? Neutral? Were you, was it an equilibrium? <laughs> uh, I mean, to me, it was like, I mean, very much as we already said, Matrix, like the, the timing really is suspect with this. Like, the filming of this film started like three months after the Matrix released in theaters. So it's yeah. like very suspect that like it could have easily been written as a, uh, uh, you know, uh, taken at least, at least influenced by Matrix, if not written specifically as a ripoff. Um, and then yeah, the Matrix came out in 99, if I'm not yeah. mistaken, right? And so yeah, this had like the just enough time. And for someone began, to watch like, the Matrix and then run home and write this and then produce it real quick. Because they knew yeah, the Hollywood Matrix, would want more. Matrix released in like September of '99, and this began yeah. filming in like November of '99. It was like a so I remember later. we were all standing in line to watch or uh, to buy tickets to the new Star Wars movie, which is the first prequel film. And uh, many of us would like have someone hold our place in line and go. We were camping out. We would go watch because we didn't know the prequels were we were going to be like that. Anyway, we uh, would take None turns going to watch the Matrix. Um, uh, while we were waiting, so I I do remember that being a thing. 
yeah, you got to go check out the Matrix while we're waiting. And yeah, it's that's that's super cool. Idea. That's so, that's funny. And then on top yeah. of that, uh, the obvious like the plot itself is lifted pretty wholesale from like Batman 1984. Oh, uh, yeah. Also, Fahr- Fahrenheit 451 and Brave yeah. New World are all yeah. excited. Okay. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, well, well, let like, me say, since we're doing this, let's see if uh, Blade Runner, did you guys catch any of that? Did you already say that Blade Runner? Yeah, yeah, I, that's that's in there too. I mean, it has okay, that yeah. sort of cyberpunk uh, feel, though a little, little grungier. Um, yeah, just like the whole motion test thing was very Blade Runner. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, some of the, some of the, um, action points and like some of the plot points fell on the same kind of areas like total recall with arnold schwarzenegger um just especially towards the end and then fight club is one i had because they they kind of like took down the regime by blowing up a bunch of buildings mm-hmm. oh yeah yeah and logan's run did anyone mention logan's run <laughs> no, logan's run oh man yeah <laughs> fan of that one are you oh, it's a good one yeah, it is. Yeah. Uh, but I think despite all that, it, like, it was a lot better than it had any right to be. Like, it was still, like, pretty yes. enjoyable to watch, despite it being, like, really cheesy and a ripoff and, like, had, like, a story that's been told a hundred thousand times before. Like, it was still pretty enjoyable movie to watch. Christian Bale is, like, an incredible actor to watch on screen. Like, it like, doesn't matter. He what did a good job right? of carrying yeah, this. He's just, I think he's just great uh, in basically everything. But, uh, Some of the scenes I remember yeah. thinking, like, you're a much better actor than your scene partner. <laughs> yeah. Especially yeah. with the scenes with Tay Diggs. Especially with Tay Diggs. Yeah. 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 Uh, but yeah, I don't know. Overall, I think I, I enjoyed watching it. And uh, I just think it has a lot of rough edges that, that are easy to ignore, but still present. Yeah, whether you definitely. Whether you like it or hate it, this movie definitely got Christian Bale the role of Batman, right? I mean, that's that's unquestionable. This had to influence. Like he just sent this tape of his fight scene. I was like, see, yeah, I it is very it. Batman fighting. Actually, I, I do think there's some some gun kata moves used in Batman. I don't think like, it hurt I'm, his chances anyway. I'm already all muscly. Just make me Batman. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He was coming off of uh, like American Psycho. Um, yeah. So yeah, he was in mm-hmm. great shape. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely a method actor. Uh, it's one of those guys that. I really enjoy his performances, but I would be kind of like intimidated or maybe even afraid to hang out with the guy. Yeah. Yeah, I think he I think he's probably nicer than his reputation because like because uh, people. Oh, yeah, there's people, that audio clip. That's right. I forgot. Yeah. Yeah. And I I heard um, everybody was like, oh, it's terrible. I can't believe he did that. And then I, I heard um, someone sort of make a defense of it. and. I'm not sure I would be able to reproduce it very well, but it became like way more understandable for him to be yelling at that guy. Um, he didn't have no reason to be upset. That's for sure. Yeah. I mean, well, he, you also, he did it does, it's not a good look the handle, you know, but yeah, like at best, it's not yeah. a good look. That guy, like the guy who was fucking up in that was like, mm-hmm. like there, there was some fuck ups going on. And like the fact that he got yelled at didn't, isn't, isn't like, totally outside like beyond the pale yeah um yeah i just still feel like i don't know maybe it's just like when you become a celebrity and an a-lister you just something about fame i think changes a person 
fundamentally or most people anyway, it has an effect. And I think it makes it probably more difficult to relate to us common folk. Maybe I'm going to put it yeah, like bluntly. Right. So maybe that's part of it too. I don't know. Uh, maybe it would just be like, maybe I would be a little starstruck because I really do like a lot of his stuff, a lot of his movies. Um, is, yeah, I don't know. That, he has been in one really bad movie. He did play Moses once. And that was... Huh? Really? Movie. Oh, Exodus, yeah, I kind of forgot about that. Exodus yeah, Gods and yeah. Things is like a horrible movie. Oh, and he, man. <laughs> five it was like a, that, yeah. It's one of those ones with like an incredibly whitewashed cast, just like a violently whitewashed cast. And he, uh, he played fucking Moses. Uh, not a great life. Oh, man. Uh, I was going to say, to finish my thought real quick, I, I don't want people thinking I wouldn't hang out with people in the business because I, I definitely would. I just think of like other people like Coppola, who I think I would probably have a great time hanging out with. Um, but I, I just think, I'll, I think a lot of times people um, who maybe aren't, have no experience of the business other than going and watching films and like being a movie fan get the idea that they would love to meet a celebrity and then and then maybe sometimes they do and they get surprisingly disappointed where um i think that um i don't know maybe maybe i'm maybe i'm overreaching here but i think maybe people um get the impression that they're the same as they are on the screen or something and then maybe um yeah they have their expectations yeah. set too high because they're, they're people you know no, they're working yeah, yeah. right it, well, I think also, because I've, I've read this before, um, that some, yeah, some people can't differentiate between who you are in real life and, um, you know, the role that you're playing in a movie or a show or a TV series. And yeah, there, yeah, there, totally. has, there has been some research, I mean, I think it's pretty settled that our brain, just off the cuff, can't differentiate between fantasy and what's real you know we have to come in and kind of think about it yeah yeah. you yeah. know but you as far as taking in yeah but as far as taking in information even stuff we see on television you know we you know the brain in and of itself taking that information you know assumes it's real and you hear all these like stories where fans will write in to the actor or actress as if they are that role. Well, why did you, you know, in a soap opera, well, why did you betray so-and-so or how <laughs> could right, you get mad at the actor, you know, or if you, yeah. Or if you're playing a villain and you play it very well, they get mad at you. They think you're a despicable person. Yeah. You and, think as like, you know, as we have like more and more media and we're, we, uh, you know, or have this barrage of media in our lives all the time that we would get more savvy to that stuff. But I mean, sure. many people are, but there's, there's people who aren't, I, I watched, I threw on the, uh, the original Dennis the Menace show um, for my wife the other mm -hmm. night. Cause she'd never seen it. She'd seen that she was a fan of like the movie that came out in the nineties. And I was like, well, you, you're a mm -hmm. big fan. I knew she was a fan of that film since she was a little kid. Um, and so I was like, you've never seen the original show. Let me show it to you. And, and I remembered a story that Jay North, who played Dennis the Menace, people would like grab him in public and spank him. Oh, oh God, wow. Really? Yeah. Wow. Um, and so, you know, but that was back in, I think, the 60s or something when that different show came culture. out. You'd think yeah. that, well, different in media was newer then, but you'd think people would, for the most part, and I think for the most part, people are, don't think that actors are really doing those things, but there's, 
always these strange exceptions. But I just think that people um, might think just because they like a character or an actor and something that they would want to hang out with them. And yeah. I think that they'd probably be surprised a lot of the time. Yeah, it's, it's got to be incredibly isolating. I feel I've always thought to be it is like a celebrity because not only do you have that sort of like no one really knows the real you by 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 you know virtue of your profession, no one really knows who you are, and those people who do, you never really know if they're like treating you well because they're your genuine friend or because you have money or because you're famous. And they want to like take it like you can't really trust that anyone actually knows who you are because either they could be just lying to get close to you or could have just. A and how weird how Mm -hmm. that's right and how weird would it be to like every day or every time you go out to have people come up that are convinced by this like illusion this trick that as movies and media and stuff that they have a relationship with you and they're coming up as a friend and you don't know them from anyone you've never seen them before that would that would be so odd i I just i know i wouldn't like it that would be that would be strange for me yeah, that's another thing um, uh, which has had resurgence because of, you know, influencers, you know, which is another, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, you know, nuance to celebrity. But uh, I forget the name of it. It's is it parasocial where the relationship yeah. is one sided? Yeah. Yes. Right. And uh, okay. that's a real thing. Yeah. Yeah, that, you yeah, feel when, like uh, that's just that just you're you're weird. their best friend and they don't even know you, you know. Yeah. And, you know, to be honest, I have to remind myself of that, too. Like if I run into someone I've seen in something or, you know, that's happened a couple of times. I'm not working in Hollywood, per se. It's the indies. So but you do run across people, you know, who are a known personality and you have to remind yourself that you don't know this person really, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Looking at like actors and actresses. Uh, and I've never met one in real life. Uh, the only person of any celebrity that I've that I've actually seen and talked to was a porn star. But uh, <laughs> okay. that's the limit of you know my access to celebrity. But when I see interviews and stuff, what I often think is, is this the actor or actress's genuine self? Because they know how to put on an illusion. Is this just another persona? It's just a persona that they're exhibiting in an interview. You know what I mean? Sure, that's yet another level. And I imagine that would isolate, you know. Um, But uh, getting back to the comment that you had said, uh, and I remember vaguely when Christian Bale was yelling at, um, you know, one of the technicians or whoever it was. And, and, And I definitely agree with you, Ben, that celebrity definitely has an impact on you you know celebrity and money definitely can have an impact on you and does have an impact on you for sure and there are many stories about actors and actresses acting horribly and it makes it very easy to believe when we see an incident oh that's just more of the same um the way I kind of see that situation, and I don't know, you know, I don't know enough about the story or who he is as a person to know one way or the other. But one of the things that I do see in our, um, especially more and more in our modern culture is kind of airlifting a certain incident or taking a quote out of the overall context and making that be the story. You, you, you know what I mean? So sure, I sure. do. 
feel like when we see stories like this or, um, you know, judgments being made, that definitely behooves us to take it with a grain of salt, kind of give it the 10,000, you know, um, uh, uh, foot view. Yeah, and probably right. If you probably if you probably met Christian Bale, he'd probably most likely be polite at least, and it would mm-hmm. be fine. Um, yeah. That's just really my take, my hot take on it, or cold take. Yeah. I don't know. Um, For sure. Right. But you know, I and the uh, you know another aspect of this, since we're having the celebrity conversation, why don't we just mm-hmm. wrap it up with a bow? Um, just this week, um, Fred Savage was fired off of uh, the new Wonder Years adaptation, which he was an exec producer on. And, oh, and wow. it, it kind of is related to this. Yeah, it's actually a pretty good uh, re, I guess, sequel show or or something. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been enjoying watching it. But um, yeah, I, I, I was thinking like, how do these celebrities like not know that, you know, what's going on right now socially in society, right? With like, well, however you want to call it, getting canceled, what have you. How do they not know, mm-hmm. like, how do they not get out of their own way on this stuff? And then the, uh, another actor just got in trouble for this on another movie. They shot like 80% of the film and, and then had to fire him. Uh, I forget his name. Uh, he was, um, shoot, he's actually a really good actor. Um, but yeah, how do these guys not know how to get out of their own way? It's just because of the nature of the thing, I think. You know, if you're Fred Savage and you've been basically allowed these privileges your entire life, uh, you yeah. just probably think that it, doesn't apply to you or something i guess i don't know well i think part of it's like you know it's sort of that you know because their like true self is so like repressed and so like below so many layers of of acting and performing not on stage but like just performing for the public public persona their brand right like you you have so many layers over your like actual like id or whatever at, at your core that like Sometimes mm-hmm. it can like peek through in a very extreme way. And I think a lot of the times, like, you know, like someone will make a racist comment or something and they'll, or they'll say something just like very hateful. And it's like, they might not even mm-hmm. really feel that strongly about whatever they're saying, but because they are like pushing it down so deep within them, it bursts out. It doesn't make them good people. I'm not like excusing that behavior, but it, I think the root cause of it is that sort of repression that comes with the job. And some just handle it better than others. Yeah, it it very well could be, and I don't know the the uh, story behind that either, Ben. Franklin Jello is the actor's at, name, by the way. Sorry, I'll just throw oh, that in there. He's the one it. that he got released from something. They have to reshoot the whole movie, basically. Wow. But I wonder if in the moment, really quick, I wonder if in the moment they realize, oh man, I messed up. I'm going to get canceled, or if they're just like genuinely like surprised when there's like some repercussion that comes down the road. But I mean, mm-hmm. there's no way to know. And I don't know that you'll get an honest answer out of them afterwards anyway, right? Yeah. Go, continue, Jim. I'm yeah. sorry to interrupt. Oh, no. One thing that I was going to say, well, to, to get to your point, that is definitely a big topic amongst comics. Because, co- you know, many comics stick is kind of walking the line, you, you know, being yeah, satirical yeah. in nature. Yeah, professionally, right? Bring, bring, yeah, bringing up, you know, bringing something that is slightly uncomfortable you know that's part of humor and they use audiences as test audiences right when they play the smaller clubs that's they're right. trying to see what mm-hmm. works and and what doesn't you know it's practice 
But now in the age of the media that we live in, you know, um, yeah, it's never going to be ha- yeah. a crowd of 15 people at a dive club. It's it's potentially the whole nation hearing it or the whole world. Yeah, sure. And divorce from the context and the relationship that that particular comic has with that audience. Right. Because yeah, the audience, yeah. they, a lot of comics have said the audience will tell you, you know, if you're going too far. And that's how they learn to rein it in. But then when it leaks out, but anyways, that's another discussion. One of the things that I was going to say is, um, I think that as human beings, you know, we like to think that we're good people and, you know, we espouse the virtues, virtues that we attest to. Uh, and this kind of links also to the discussion we had sometime back about looking in that mirror, you know, the scene where you look in the mirror and you're looking at your, your true self. You, you, yeah, you, yeah. You know, Everything story. If you the second test. Yeah. If you mm-hmm. and if you think you're an honest person, well, when have you lied? Right. That even though we espouse that virtue and we, you know, think of ourselves as being synonymous with that virtue, it's not perfect. And yeah, I would imagine, you, and I'm, and I, and I would imagine not without you know giving excuses to actors and actresses because I think there is definitely a responsibility, but. How can anyone, and this is just in general, it's not the specifics of the Savage, you know, incident or, uh, you know, the Christian Bell incident, but just in general, how can anyone go through and be perfectly virtuous all the time and not have moments or incidents where you you act terribly? And more now, now more than ever, right, Jim? Because like, yeah, with social media and everyone having a camera in their pocket at all times, um, you yes. as a celebrity, particularly, you are living under a microscope that, you know, John Wayne never could even fathom. Like you could probably yeah. mess up and get away with it back in the 70s and 80s and even 90s more so than sure. now. Um, you know, so you could you could have those human moments or even make egregious mistakes and recover. And now mm-hmm. it's just, it's so fast. It's, it's alarming um, for yeah, better or for worse. It's very alarming. Okay. So yeah, I know we digressed into a celebrity culture conversation, but I think it's uh, probably appropriate considering um, the Christian Bale thing. And, and it's kind yeah. of topical because a lot of that's happening in our society right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's uh, circle back to this specific movie. Um. Can I just say, okay, so in the beginning of the film when I was watching, and I did enjoy this movie overall, but in the beginning I was going in a little grouchy with it and rolling my eyes a bit. Um, (laughs) That 20 seconds of black, I mean, that's just dumb. Like, if I'm just getting nitpicky, like, that was too long. When he slides into the room and it just goes black, I counted because I watched that part twice. I was going to get clips and I was like, you know, I'm going to count. It was 20 seconds. They couldn't have done it in 10. (laughs) Well, First of all, any movie that starts with like file footage and a voiceover is fucking yeah. suspect. Yes, suspect. Um, yeah. yeah. But when I was <laughs> when I was watching that scene, I thought that maybe our internet had gone out or sort like there and it was Yeah, because like, you start thinking there's a problem. <laughs> right. Yeah. I watched yeah. it with my wife and she's like, What happened? Did the movie go yeah. out? And I was sitting here counting. I didn't want to say because I like didn't want to lose count. But it, it yeah. I was like, Jesus, she's just gonna get up and walk away after a while. Yeah, it was bizarre. Um, yeah, and also, like, for all the explaining they do in this movie, they don't explain 
how he can like what the point of like how he can see in the dark or whatever <laughs> or like what he was doing in the in that time there's also oh, no, like, that's interesting the actual shots when he's like firing the shots and like shows his body some of those look like a paper mache doll i don't know if that was just the way it was lit but i swear to god it didn't look like a human being in a couple of the like flashes it was like definitely like that strobe effect was happening it's and very odd yeah I was kind of fascinated by it the same time I was, I think this movie was kind of punching above its weight class a little bit, to be honest, yeah, it's, in it's certain a, areas. It's, it's, it did it's some unexpectedly great things. And then the other hmm. areas, it was definitely like, it felt very like indie and like low budget, um, particularly mm-hmm. the cameras yeah. they used. Um, but I feel like I'm cutting Pepe off from what he, from what he was saying. No, I, I was agreeing with you. I think it, I think this movie's uh, reach exceeded its grasp. Um, yeah, that too. I think sometimes it landed those punches, and sometimes it it totally missed. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, think so- overall, I landed on the. And this is, you know, you guys know that I like being entertained, and if a movie is entertaining on a certain level, then I'm probably going to go along for the ride at least. Mm-hmm. So. I mean, even going in eye rolling and grouchy for the first couple of minutes, it it won me over. And I think it was the moment. I think it was the cinematography. Just whoever was doing the cinematography on this one did a really great job of just setting up the shots and like delivering really beautiful footage. Remember them doing the yeah, shot where I, they just like slid the vial of the medicine over, and I was like, ah, you won me over, you son of a bitch, I'm in. <laughs> which scene which scene is that which one um, it was kind of early on it was the it was the turning point in the movie they were just like examining it was it was like kind of the blade runner uh part of the movie where he's just um they're talking about the drug and there's this big long wooden table and it's between like the sound of that pleasing sound of like some heavy objects sliding across that oh, okay. wooden yeah. table and just the shot of it it was just very pleasing and i was like you know for the budget, these guys are really delivering some really beautiful shots here, and and I I felt that a few times throughout where I where I was surprised by the level of cinematography I was getting and lighting. Yeah, I I, I felt like this movie was really um, like it was the back end of it was like heavily weighted to like where all, most of the like fun stuff happened. Because I mm-hmm. remember this as I remember this as being like pretty much a straight up action movie, but for Me a too. lot of the movie, there isn't that much action. Mm-hmm. I remember that saying that very thing. I was like, I th- I remembered more gun fu in this. Yeah, I remembered, or I had the impression that um, we would get to see Christian Bale being more of a like badass cleric than we do in the beginning of the movie um because he he really only has that one scene where he slides in on the door and then there's the 20 seconds of blackness and then he shoots in a dark room um mm-hmm. that th- those are like that's really the only scene that sort of like um establishes his bona fides other than like people around him going oh he's the coolest he's, he's like the greatest the best one they say a lot yeah, of stuff yeah. in this movie that you have to like you have to just take them on their word. I, I, that was one of the, if I'm going to be picky, yeah. that was one of the the criticisms I had. And I said that in my in- intro joke, I think, um, where they just, you kind of have to go with what the movie tells you. Because yeah, let's yeah. let's talk about emotions. All these oh, yeah. were <laughs> yeah. emotional responses. They, I was well, like, you know, hon, talking to my wife, 
if I was directing this, I would have at least like tried to get them to not be so emotional all the time. I think a lot of these scenes that they're trying to get the, the intensity they want, they could get that intensity by being cold and emotionless too. You don't just get that well, by angry acting, you know? I mean, the silliest, the silliest part was constantly having scenes of father given these like impassioned speeches about how we right. can't have any, yeah, how we can't have any emotions. Right. And it's like, yeah. well, what are you, what are these speeches supposed to be doing? Or are they like, you cur- you clearly want them to be like stirring something within the breasts of your, like, you know, peoples. Right. Right. Yeah. I, one of my first questions in the movie was like, okay, what is an emotion? Because like, there's plenty of, you know, like, is curiosity an emotion? Because, like, there's plenty right, of, yeah. you, you know, your main character is an investigator. He has to be curious. So is that not an emotion? Is, you know, wrath and justice, are those not, I mean, they're kind of emotions. Like, you know, at least wrath would be, and you need that to be able to fight this holy, you know, not war that you're fighting. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, and it's like, that was, like, my biggest question. And, again, like, one that the movie never really bothered to answer, didn't want to answer was not the point no it um, didn't right it was evasive on certain things if i was like cross-examining it in a courtroom yeah it's one of those weird yeah, things but, like I, I feel like there was a movie last series that was like this too i don't know if you guys remember or not but i feel like there was a movie that i i was like yeah there's so many things i don't like about this but for some reason it works like it like the the mm-hmm. final product when it comes down to it works somehow and that's never how i felt about this story? like wasn't it, it might have been never no i think i generally didn't like never I dislike it. I don't know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You didn't like that one, right? Yeah, um, there was one though. Uh, maybe it was just talking about my own movie. Maybe it was talking about Princess Bride that like, I could recognize lots of flaws. <laughs> that would be so Devin if that end. was the case. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, I, sure. I, I had that experience too watching Princess Bride where it's like you've seen it so many times and you know it so well that you, um, you, your, your brain has the chance to like see all the like rough edges and then it sort of is like, Oh, okay. Like those rocks are just pieces of styrofoam and like that, yeah. that dust like bounces in a certain way. Cause he's jumping onto a pillow, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's an odd thing for a film to pull off, but I, I mean, I think like overall, like, it doesn't really matter if you, if you enjoyed it in the end. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. Right. Yeah, that it, it see it was a strange choice, right? Because they could just say like ideas or thoughts or like been less specific about it, but they really hammered home this like emotion thing, you know? Yeah. Um they and did. It, yeah, and it they, seems like they could have done it a little bit more deftly and they would have gotten a better product because you wouldn't I have think all they these questions. Have. Yet I was still entertained. Um yeah, let me right. get let me get the nitpicking out really quick because I wrote a few notes because I was like upset at this movie for a second um what's what's with the dude in the beginning when the cops show up just waltzing out the front door to get shot oh (laughs) yeah walked out there gun in hand like what what point was was that his boss is like everybody you know what to do and the one guy's like you're right i run out and get operation meat grinder yeah, um, right. Operation Human Shield. My God, um, that, and cannon that, yeah, that has happened in eighties and nineties action movies. Yeah. I mean, Schwarzenegger just mowing people down as they're coming out of a building, 
why do you keep coming out of that building if you hear it and other people get mowed down? Yeah, yeah. But they like just, they just don't coming, value their own you know? life because they're extras. They're yeah. players. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> father ain't going to shoot itself, so someone's got to do it. That's right. That's right. Um, just real quick, this, this was a transitional era for filmmaking, too. You guys know that. The CG was new and a lot of the times bad. So this, this movie had its share of CG stuff that didn't age mm-hmm. well it wasn't too um, bad in this one no though. it wasn't it was like there's a few shots mostly like when they're showing the like one, greater city really you know there's yeah, kind there's of some stuff that just, of city. Yeah. yeah it just so didn't it just was like a different flat. resolution than the rest of the city <laughs> yeah, exactly right. exactly yeah it almost looked like what a student film would look like today that was trying to do something like this um mm-hmm. or like a really low budget film not a 20 million dollar film um, uh, i think yeah, oh, three million is still a pretty trim budget for. I mean, it, oh, movie. definitely. Just, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Certainly, um, another, even for that like, time. A structural thing that kind of like eked out to me as like a problem was just the pacing was kind of odd. Like, I think I think the main thing that the the source you could trace it to is we don't know how they're finding the sense offenders. Like that's never explained, and so we see mm-hmm. Christian Bale breaking the law over and over and over and over and not getting caught, and it's like okay. How are they finding the sense offenders? Because they're obviously yeah. not finding Christian Bale. Yeah. He's doing it like right under their nose. All the kids are turning him in. Uh, yeah, I guess it's just the children. But they just don't show that connection, it's, right? No, you're right. It's sort of, it's yeah, sort it's of implied that there's people who have this sort of like empathic ability. Oh, yeah, to do yeah, it, they right? kind of do imply that. Because that's Tom Cruise movie. This is another question. film they ripped off. Uh-oh, uh, my, no, is it a minority? Yes, minority, minority report. report. Okay, now you're pointing. Yeah. Yes. Um. Well, I have a lot of points and they're all kind of bouncing off of what you guys are saying. Uh, So I'll just, yeah, I'll just start with what Devin said. I was along the same lines of, uh, of um, if they kill all emotion, how are they going to be curious? How are they going to be motivated to even do do their job? But um, that coupled with the fact that the actors do show emotion, I think, that in a lot of times, modern science fiction is a little bit different, but science fiction likes to showcase the bigger, broader questions, right? It's not, in ge- in general, this is just general, in general, it doesn't really like to deal with human relationships as much, you know, besides Star Wars, that was r- very much, you know, science fiction drama, soap opera. Yeah, a but lot it of li- the times- it likes to tackle... With science fiction, I'm in it for the the idea, the concept. Right, right. That's and the driving I factor think, to get me in the door, at least. It's like, That's yes. a neat idea. And because science fiction, like fantasy, extrapolates on what could be or what society could look like if right. XYZ happens, um, if we look too closely... Um, there's a lot of glaring holes. So I think that, yeah, the, if, if emotional, if emotion was completely devoid, you would even have these clerics, right? Because motivation, intrinsic motivation anyways, is based some on emotion, you know, to even have that drive that, you know. Yeah, it's kind of an things. impossible premise, isn't it? And the other thing I didn't like is that yeah. they thought emotions were the core. Like, if you just pull emotions out, like, humankind's going to be great. 
Um, and I get that it's like, sure. it's a fascist thing and maybe that's the big lie. And so we see it not working, mm-hmm. but I mean, really it's not just like emotionality. It's also the lack of the ability to reason is important too. You know, you need to also be able sure. to do that. But um, I mean, I, maybe that, the, that was the movie's point. Um, but let me, let me rattle off a couple more pet peeves. This is more a general one with action movies. They mix the dialogue so damned low, you have to crank it up to hear anything. And then when the bullets start flying, your ears mm-hmm. bleed. Yeah, right. You know, because it's mixed <laughs> at like max volume. And then like, they, I know they have like normalized settings on TVs, but they're worthless. I don't even know why they include them. Um, I say, I mean, I, okay, so I have a point to all this. I just want to get that all out of the way to say this. I, it sounds like I hated this movie, but I really did end up enjoying this movie quite a bit. Um, so Devin, you enjoyed the movie Pepe. I gotta know. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I enjoyed this movie, but like I said, I was expecting to enjoy it more than I did. More. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, my memory of this was like, oh, this is like a pretty good Matrix knockoff. And now, mm-hmm. and like having seen it now, it's just like, this was like a lot of, like you got way too much talking in my action movie, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you like, like the selling point of this movie is like the gun kata, right? Like this is, we're going to have... That was the selling point, yeah. <laughs> it, w- it would be, it would sort of be like if in the Matrix, you only saw bullet time like twice. Right. But that like mm-hmm. the Matrix is just like fucking wall to wall bullet time. I mean, there's like a lot of other stuff in it, too. But no, the Matrix has a, time is a lot. very hev- heavy, heavily weighted towards the action. Yeah. 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 In, in a very satisfying way. The first one. Oh, did, did anyone say uh, V for Vendetta yet? There's another one. Oh, yeah. yeah. We didn't the, mention like, that one. Switching of the of the guns mm-hmm. as they do the gun cut of the way it swishes. That is so V for Vendetta. That, like it's also very early 2000s. But that like swish sound effect as they like move anything. Oh yeah, yeah. So well, that's like it. that's like the because mm-hmm. this is like a, a uh, like a like a kung fu movie too, right? And that's why it has all those like whooshing whoosh whoosh noises. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it does. It does. It, this this movie does have some really good gun porn in it, though. Like this movie makes guns look really cool. And like yeah, whenever they shoot off. out of his fucking sleeves and like the way like he it. reloads them and all that shit. Yeah, that's, yeah all no, that's it was just cool. Really cool. It's like, oh, okay, yeah, you got me there too. That was neat. The little slidey yeah, yeah. reloader. Yeah, yeah. very mm-hmm. clever. And like those, those two, oh man, uh, I had forgotten about this when I was going into it, but when I saw it, I remembered it. Those two clips that he has that have like the half sphere on the bottom, so they stand they stand up straight, and he just like throws them at that guy, and the guy's just like, "Whoa, I don't know. I guess I'll just leave him there." That, that was <laughs> yeah. so funny. Oh man, it's just such a funny idea. Like someone had to be someone had to come up with that idea. That I thought, idea existed in someone's head. I thought like, for we'll sure balls on the bottom of his clips. I thought for sure what those were were grenades that like a, yeah, when, yeah. You, when your clip empties, you then have a grenade on the bottom so you can throw the clip and it blows up. That's a great smart idea. No, nope, not what they did. Like, okay, <laughs> not not what they did like at all. Fun way to reload. Cool. All right. <laughs> yeah. I know, right. Here's That's a question, so guys. Here's a question. Did this movie start off being written as an anime? Because <laughs> this feels like oh, an man. anime. It, it does. True yeah, and true. Just like Definitely ripping, you know, like, oh, I keep saying ripping off, but like heavily borrowing from other established great works, repackaging it as an action thing. That's an anime, right? Yeah, that's yeah, like the that plot is. of almost every Netflix that's anime that. I've watched <laughs> in the last couple of years. 
This movie was like before anime existed in the West, though, kind of, right? Well, it's open to readapt now, then. Netflix, get on it. Yeah, yeah. right, yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking of sort of the style of the movie, I was wondering, can you guys think of an earlier film that did the, like, uh, scene lit only by muzzle fire, like muzzle flash? Was that like an earlier thing or was this the first movie that did it? Because it was done in Batman most recently. In the, yeah. The Batman. The it's Batman. one of the most striking scenes in that movie. It was one of the best scenes, yeah. And yeah, I didn't know it was like an homage to this movie, basically. It was like very similar. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it may very well be. I don't, There, it probably existed somewhere before, but I, I'm not mm-hmm. that good of, of a, I uh, have a good of a memory to go back in the I think film there, repertoire I think there and pick out a like scene. that in there Cowboy be. Bebop. Oh, oh, in the anime? That was from scene. the 90s. Yeah, yeah. It's a shot that I feel like I've seen before, but I can't name you a movie or a scene. Um, yeah. But yeah. they, I see where this could have evolved into that later stuff. And uh, what's the one with the kid that drives uh, the getaway car and all the gunshots are over the beats of the thing? It kind of felt like that. Oh, like baby it kind of evolved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like this kind of movie evolved into into that kind of thing where they played with the sound and the rhythm of it. It was very rhythmic the way the fights happened. Yeah. Although it didn't fall yet on the beats of the of the score in a way that like Baby Driver did. So I don't know how much credit to give it or not, but I think it probably because now it's like we've we've, you know, it's been out for over well, about 20 years exactly now. Um ish, within a couple of months anyway. Um Mm -hmm. so you know it's hard to remember what what it got credit for at the time. I felt like at the time it was establishing some new stuff. I mean, even though we all knew that it was really like leaning heavily on the matrix thing to have like even be made or happen. I I felt like remembering at the time, like the first time I watched it thinking that it had established some new stuff beyond the matrix. And that may very well be the thing that like, you know, the type of fighting and the muzzle flashes and stuff. I, yeah, I mean, the fight scenes were pretty good. Um, they're not as good as The Matrix, but they're still no. pretty good. They kind of went the other way, where The Matrix slowed things down. These guys seemed to speed things up. That was their thing. Yeah. They went the opposite direction. Yeah, I mean, some of the fight scenes some of the fight scenes were, like, very un, unkinetic, right? Like, akinetic, right? Because there, there would be scenes where there were at least two where, like, he was just like standing in the middle of like six guys or like eight guys that were right, surrounding right. him. And then he mm-hmm. just stood there and shot them all. Right. Like hell time, like in different ways, he just shot them all, you know? Yeah. With those pistols that contain about 400 bullets per clip. Give uh, take. At least, like, at least. Yeah. Yeah. Just an enormous Your amount standard of bullets per clip. issue. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cleric. <laughs> Yeah, weapon. Uh, yeah. I mean, this this yeah. movie didn't even like John Grammaton Glock. John Woo had had I think coined the term gun fu even before The Matrix. Like John Woo was doing gun fu stuff even okay. before this, like in the early nineties, right? Um, but I mean, that's like doing. They were lesser known with guns, isn't like to the you know, American this, audience? You know? I think. Yeah. Right. Perhaps. Yeah. They definitely came in vogue in this time. Um, are they? Are are we still seeing these types of movies today? I'm just that that thought just came to me. I'm wondering if I can come up with something 
off the cuff well, here. What do you mean by this kind of movie? Because in uh, a certain like sense, the gun no, the right. type of films. Oh, okay. specifically, if we're gonna if we're gonna continue on with that. I mean, you do see a lot of that in superhero movies now, adapted as you know, any kind of superhero that doesn't like that, guns. Yeah. Yeah, right. like any like Batman, for instance, hates guns. A lot of this fighting in Batman is very much about like you know deflecting yeah, bullets Batman at movie. very close range. Yeah, it's not quite the same because he's not also wielding a gun. That's like kind right, of part of right. gun fu. But like the way that the, the you know they grab grabbing muzzles of guns is like very popular right now in like superhero action. You can see a lot of grabbing the muzzle of a gun. That is very much taking guns gun apart. Fu. I remember that a lot yeah. during that era <laughs> as well. Um, did anyone see the Matrix Four that was just released? I guess that was a gunfu movie, right? Mm-hmm. I have not. No, yeah, I watched it once. It was. I, I don't. It was one like Pepe says, where it just what? How, what's the phrase where it just washes off you and you don't remember it? Oh, it just just slides right off your brain. <laughs> yeah, it's just slid right <laughs> off my brain. I remember. I, mean, the them, reason... I remember him seeing her in a cafe or something. <laughs> <laughs> the reason yeah. I avoided it is just because I don't remember the Matrix movies that much, and I'm like, all right, so I have to watch all three of the Matrix movies first. I'm like, so that's oh, like, no, please don't. Eight hours of watching movies just to watch yeah, this yeah. one three-hour no. movie. I'm good. <laughs> like, just, I'm just if you're gonna watch anything, watch the Animatrix, and then if you're gonna watch anything beyond that, the watch the first Matrix. Well, the first good. Matrix is very good. Oh, it's this, excellent. This movie, yeah. this totally movie was holds better up. than this movie was better than the third Matrix. I don't know if it was better than the second Matrix. I think it was better than the second for me. I I didn't, really didn't like the second Matrix. I just really? thought they okay. went real. They just for me, that was just not my head cannon where they went with the story. That just at that yeah, point right. they should have just left it alone. But I know they need to make you know the billions oh, they of should have just like taken more than six months to write it you know but yeah right no i know there that was it that was the money they just had to cash in or they yeah. were convinced they well, needed sure they to were. or they were convinced in fact they could do it you know how long it took them i used to use this as a as a as an example for like writing like do you know how long it took them to write that first movie it was years and then yeah, yeah all of a sudden they're gonna like 10 years or something. right so then all of a sudden they're gonna turn around and write a sequel and a few months like that's not gonna work mm-hmm. yeah, With all yeah that pressure I, and everything i have to imagine the studio bad. was just like make another one right now or you'll oh, never sure work were. in this town again you know well, well they they're probably just convinced them they could they could do it because they have like yeah, the, best, right. the best salesman in the world work in hollywood you know yeah right yeah so they can you know and then you're coming off this huge success you're like shit maybe i can write a sequel in six months mm-hmm. but no not so much. I mean that that that's like a tale as old as time, though, right? Like that shit happens all the time, right? You it's write something new. good, You're right? Yeah, it isn't new. It just yeah. keeps. It's one of those things, and, and you you're a victim of your own success at that point. I think. Yeah, I mean, we're actually actually we're seeing that a lot right now with authors, right? With like uh, guys sure. like Patrick Roth, absolutely, and uh, George Roth, R. 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 Martin. I really like Rothfuss and I'm pulling for him, but yeah, goddamn. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I mean, to be, I, I'm, to, I'm glad that, um, I'm glad that Patrick Rothfuss is taking his time. Uh, Me too. You know, yeah, uh, no, no, I don't want to rush him. Yeah, get it done right. Yeah. I just am concerned that he's not making any progress and that he's just into the Hollywood lifestyle, like, and just kind of abandoning yeah, right. it without saying he's abandoning it. That would be my concern. And George R. R. Martin's spending all his time working on these two-bit video games. <laughs> oh, right. wow. Oh, man. And, and HBO Max in it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. And Tolkien. 
Tolkien's just spending all his time working on another <laughs> stupid resting in peace, that, like a jerk. Yeah, yeah, right. Oh man, that Lord. What are they going to dig him up, so right? Bad. Jeez. <laughs> what? <Yeah. too> <laughs> oh man. But uh, I, I think. Well, what do you guys? I mean, I I agree. I I enjoyed this movie. I think it is. I think it's like. I think it's better than the sum of its parts, but not by much, you know, but what uh-huh. is it about it? That is yeah. like, what can we put? Can you guys, do you guys think you can put your finger on? Cause I like, like all the philosophy and the stuff they're referencing. I like it. You know, I like uh-huh. what they're saying about 1984, you know, I and think, I mean, yeah. uh, it's entertaining enough and it kept me, it held my interest. And my wife had a, a criticism I'll toss out there and you guys can digest it uh, along with what Pepe said, of course. She said that she would have trimmed the beginning, the intro, a little bit um, to kind of get to the, the getting, as Fegan has, has said. Um, so, yeah, digest that, but also what Pepe said. I mean, but for me, it was, you know, I like all the stuff they're referencing and they did a pretty good job overall and they put enough new stuff in there to keep me intrigued. I think a big part of it for me is just the fact that they're at least I have never seen a good adaptation of 1984 or Fahrenheit 451. There might be good adaptations of those stories out there, but this was the best adaptation of that sort of base sci-fi concept, Mm -hmm. which is used in so many things, but this was such like a distillation of like, guy is part of system. You know, something happens typically involving a woman. He betrays system from the inside. Like that is a a quintessential sci-fi plot that is in a hundred movies. But this was such like a mm-hmm. pure version of it that was done really well and with some pretty good actors. And that's you enough. hit on something there, Devin. I think mm-hmm. maybe it's this type of film. Like this type of film is appealing to me, and I think is just the idea that one man can stand up against a corrupt system and take it down is like it's almost like those harem yeah. novels. I finally finished the one. <laughs> I've been piecemealing it forever. I finally finally got through the end of it. Uh, just to see someone succeed is like you know there's novelty to that, yeah, especially right. these days. Um, so maybe it's that too. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely I think, think that's the thing. I think this is a, as a very, this movie speaks to us as Americans in a very specific way where this, whereas I don't think, yeah. I'm not necessarily sure this would play as well in like, say China <laughs> or, um, you know, right. Or even, yeah. Uh, yeah even it wouldn't, like it England, legally wouldn't play know. there at all. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Since, uh, yeah. Since yeah. They couldn't make this movie now. Things. Could they not in Hollywood? Because Hollywood no, kind of bends to, the knee, I mean, to the almighty yeah. dollar, and that means you'd you know they want the Chinese the box office. Yeah, well, yeah, right, right. yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, huh. you know, they, they they don't show any ghosts or like undead, so they have that going for them. Um, oh yeah, that's that's one of the rules. Yeah, yeah, that's one of the things that I the forgot Chinese about the, market yeah. doesn't like. Yeah, sure, sure. Hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think. Well, I mean, it's. It, it does it does start out like uh the like i said this movie any movie that starts out with like file footage and voiceover is fucking suspect like you're in for some shitty movie you're probably in for some shitty movie i think that's that. what put me off initially and then it had well, to recover a, from that big, it's a big sign i mean it's a big warning yeah. it's a big red fucking warning sign but yeah. then like within the next like 5 minutes of the movie you see them like blow torching the Mona, Mona Lisa, Lisa, right? Yeah, and then yeah, you're just like, mm-hmm. "Fuck these guys!" Yeah. But, they, but even that scene was like so ham-handedly done, right? Like they spent a significant amount of time establishing that 
one, it was a real painting. Like, who cares? Like, what if it's just a print? And also that it was like the Mona Lisa, you know? It was like, <laughs> we finally was, got our boys. Yeah, right. After like all how, the prints <laughs> and all the fakes. Yeah, right. Like, this is going to get us all yeah. promoted. Was, <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, right. We finally got the real one. Because those other ones. The real McCoy. If you just well, see a picture every of photo, Lisa, doesn't this, matter. Doesn't work. The real one's gone. So that, well, he was shooting like computer screens later, and then like the big screens outside were somehow connected. Yeah, right. I guess yeah. That, that that's how future tech works. But yeah, um, that, that I, I was like, you know, movies. back in two thousand two, punch this monitor to break this computer. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Back in two thousand two, files. I guess the files people didn't know enough. Yeah, yeah, the files are in the computer. Right, right. Uh, yeah, God. Somehow I was still entertained though. Jim, uh, Jim. <laughs> Uh, let's what go. What's entertaining you. about this movie? Well, well, tell us what's did, entertaining. Did you? Uh, did we even? Did we get to? If you liked it overall, were you entertained? And then what was it about it? Do you think that got you? If it was, um, yeah, I did enjoy it. I, I okay, did cool. like it cool. overall, and uh, kind of what you were saying, Ben. Um, the other tropes that it was borrowing from, I I enjoy those. I mean, I I enjoy science fiction. Yeah. And, uh, you know, while watching this movie, I leaned, you know, out of all the uh, uh, inspirations for it, I leaned very much in the Fahrenheit 451. I, you know, I saw Christian Bale as Montag, you know, first he's he's with the system, he's part of the system. And then, you know, slowly but surely he, um, you know, he changes, right? He's a dynamic character. And I wanted to see that. I wanted to see Christian Bale kind of wake up, you, you, you know. That, and that's uh, right. That was the thing I mm-hmm. really was entertained by, actually, guys. And I, I yeah. really feel like I failed to mention that. So thank you, Jim. The thing that really yeah. compelled me was watching him awaken. That hooked me. Yeah. And the larger themes, you know. And there were some questions, um, you, you know, and there and I still have questions like especially yeah. with the rundown that Devin did you know they film much of this in berlin mm-hmm. well then why did they lean so heavily on painting the clerics and that whole organization as nazis you, mm-hmm. you know that i would imagine was. that you yeah. know, filming in germany they'd be like you know because they don't that's a lot on the nose if they're really if they were really filming yeah i know right I mean, even their symbol looked enough like a yes. Nazi knockoff. Yeah, right. yeah, they weren't hiding. But I know that Germany values well, yeah, it's, it's the Iron Cross. They value, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. They value anti-Nazi education there. Yeah, Germany's pretty anti-Nazi. Probably the most yeah. anti-Nazi yes. country. Probably. Well, yeah, yeah probably. there's still some oh, hopefully people that. <laughs> but I mean, that's just anywhere, I guess. But yeah, it's certainly like oh, as far know, as that shit is just illegal over there, right? Like you really straight up, can't yeah. talk mm-hmm. about it. No, in a very serious. No, yeah, thing. it's. Obvious yeah. for good reason. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. you know. Um, well, I don't know. That's probably a bigger debate but that I don't want to get into. But uh, I see <laughs> yeah. why. Let me just say that. I see why yeah, they right, made that right. illegal. Um, all right. Uh, yeah. Oh, I wanted to say this. Uh, they also did a good job of depicting visually him awakening with like him. Maybe it was, maybe you guys felt like it was too on the nose, but I felt it was kind of right with the, he literally sees the light after he stops taking the drug mm-hmm. for the first time. I thought that was like really beautifully done. 
Uh, this mm-hmm. beautiful golden yep. lights coming in and then there's like a screen and he tears the screen down and sees the light and the rain and, and the cityscape for the first time with emotion. Yeah. And yeah, that's right, the yeah. kind of stuff that, that really like set the hook for me. And I was, I was yeah. off and running after that. Yeah. There were a lot of moments. Well, it was like, um, I think it was less than a, uh, less a screen than a film. And it was symbolically him taking the film from his own eyes, right? You yes, know, the right. window. Yeah, the symbolism it, there was not lost. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. that, I think it was, well, I'm uh, sorry, Jim, Forget, finish, finish what you're saying. No, 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 no. And, and then I like, uh, uh, coupled with the themes, I liked um, some of the things that they were alluding to, in some cases, very heavily, like we mentioned mm-hmm. all the different, you know, science fiction tropes that they were borrowing from. But even the the, the quote, you know, um, instead of using religion as an opiate of the masses, yeah, they right. used, um, let me see, uh, they were talking about the sensation of feeling right. in one of the uh, father's the is inspirational. Yeah, and, and I thought that was, and then they called, you know, these enforcers clerics. You know, I, I I just thought that was really interesting that this was a faith. Cleric was an interesting, a, a very strong to... faith. Yeah, 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 I, yeah, li- yeah. I, I like that deeper kind of subtext. And I got to feel smart because I was like, you know, to my wife, I turned to her and I was like, you know, religion uh, is the opiate uh, of the masses. So uh, I got to feel like uh, Professor uh, Ben. Is what yeah. I to oh wow! To no, I'm just kidding. But who doesn't like to feel smart? I'm smart. Not like they say. How, yeah. How horny did that make your wife, Ben? Just the most. Bad <laughs> <laughs> boy. Uh, do you guys think that? Do you guys think the twists at the end were necessary? So there's two. There's two oh, like no, major so twisty. There's like no, the, it was ham-handed. It was just. Yeah, it was two. Okay, so yeah, there's no way that they had control over all the little Machiavellian gears of everything in that world to make that all just like planned. And that guy's like confidence was ridiculous. The 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 guy he just like killed like twelve dudes, and you're gonna stand up like he's nothing. He deserved to get his face yeah. chopped off at that point. That was just dumb. Yeah, um, I, guess yeah there's, there's I did not three buy major that twist. So the three, the, I guess the three twists I'm talking about would be that whatever boring McNormal face is father is like, right. he's that okay. he's the, he's like a lynch. I didn't see that coming, but I was like, okay, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And then the fact that his son is like, hasn't been taking the drug for four years apparently. And has been com- like, apparently is the greatest actor of all time because he's been yeah, ruling was... his father and mm-hmm. the entire clerical like organization. Cause he's like in the school to be a cleric and has been off the drug for years. And it's like, how is this? I didn't see why that was necessary, and I thought it would be better if he had actually tried to turn his dad in at that point or something. Yeah. Uh, Because, listen, wasn't he... Okay, was it implied that he turned his mom in? Was that implied at all? Because he was talking about, like, his. you know, I saw my friend crying. Should I turn him in? I felt like maybe he was turning his mom in and trying to get, like... I don't... Well, later he says that he, so. he's been I off the drugs since mom yeah. was turned in. Since that's mom. when he stopped. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I think that he wouldn't have been like guilty about it. If, I mean, he wouldn't have been guilt that drove him to. He would have been racked with guilt. No, but he would have been racked with guilt after stopping. Is my point. Yeah. If if he mm. had turned her in, so maybe he didn't. But I felt like they kind of implied cleverly that he had turned his own mom in or something. 
Um, and but they don't really, the, they don't really put get set that in stone or anything. And then the third twist, as Ben alluded to, would be that they that he was like in control of everything the entire like that he chose. Right, but it was like a back uh, and forth, John, right? And, yeah. The crazy. one twist I did like was how he screwed over the guy that was trying to get him arrested. I liked that one. Yep. Yep. That was the twist that landed for me. And then twisting it back yeah. the other yeah. way, like we were in control of even that. I was like, no, come on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was it was a little over the place. But the the part of the end that I thought was the the silliest was when um what's his the like the like head politician guy like could fight it all, you know? Like, why is this guy like able to stand up against yeah. Christian Bale for even a second here? And their their fight just looked really silly because it was just like them slapping each other's hands away. <laughs> yeah, that's where also, the <laughs> fighting didn't really work. Yeah. Had we ever established that that guy could fight at all? No, no, that's what no. Saying. Yeah, that's oh, like I'm no sorry, reason. I missed that. Yeah, yeah okay, no yeah. reason for him to know how to fight. Then let me jump on that bandwagon late. Um, yeah, that was just like instantly like what? It also sort of like breaks the. Uh, expectation that you have too of like this guy shouldn't know how to fight right like that that should that makes him a worse villain right that he's yes that he can't defend himself yes mm-hmm. yeah these are all like if they corrected a lot of this stuff this film would be like this film I enjoyed it but it would be like a pretty good fucking film yeah 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 I, I liked the um the atmosphere that it had, that very claustrophobic um yeah. you know, everybody's watching each other. There were they did that very well to to have, you know, the you have to be careful in all respects because someone's always watching you. Yep. And and some of the nuance that I got was they didn't the drug didn't destroy all emotion. It just kind of took it from a boil to a simmer. It dampened it, um, right? And it wasn't, yeah, it dampened it. And it wasn't the in the respect that the actors and actresses were showing emotion. I think there was another film that did the same thing. And I think it was you, Ben, that had said at that time, well, if they made everybody emotionless, it just wouldn't be that Im- impactful. So they just yeah, showed some the scenes of them like... being emotionless. And then, you know, you just know it from there. Much in the same way um, it's that... It's a tough story to tell you, in an emotional-driven yeah, medium. Like I said, it's how the hell do yeah, you do that? Yeah, much in the same way that when you have an American movie or, or I should say an English-speaking movie, and they're definitely in a another country and they first start speaking that language but then you you know just so you get the gist that they are definitely speaking another language and then it switches back to english you you know so the whole movie is not in the medium that's playing in yeah yeah i have no doubt that this very conversation was had at the above the line levels of this movie and probably back with the writer in the first place or maybe it was during pre-production or something they had to have i mean the decision was made you know yeah Yeah. well that's that's what's so odd about this movie is that it's like it has the benefit of it has the benefit of being like a person's movie right like clearly some one person like had an idea and had a vision right 
because there are mm-hmm. like this is not a commit movie by committee movie, right? You you can totally tell no. that it's not right, right, right. Um, but like it 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 suffers from whoever was at the helm of this, like either didn't quite have the chops, right, to like make it to take it to that next level, or didn't have the like support structure, like the people around him who were going to be like, okay, I I see your vision, and I'm going to like make it that much better right because there are cool things in this like like with what jim was saying like i really liked how whenever they're like there are those scenes where they're like waiting to go into work and they're just like Mm -hmm. standing like they're just like smashed against each other and like normal people wouldn't do that shit you know but it's like such a good way of like conveying how these people are that they're like comfortable like standing so so compactly close together and they do that a couple of times. Um, and that's like such a good I such a good way of like conveying an idea and uh a, like a, a a mood, a feeling, you know. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um and there are there are little glimpses of like greatness in it. Yeah, like right. That, exactly. You know? Yes. And then but it just yeah. it, it just hits it hits like just to the side of the mark enough times that it doesn't that it's not awesome it's just like pretty good right you know but yeah exactly it's good enough to where yeah it's good enough because yeah. the parts that were good were as good as they were i was i feel like i as a viewer was more forgiving about the other parts where in some films mm-hmm. those other parts oh, yeah, yeah. would disappoint me and ruin the good parts it kind of like the good parts kind of carried the other parts and helped pave it over in a way that worked yeah like yeah, the never-ending the- story yeah, the sure. good it, yeah, it sure. had enough it had enough legitimately good parts that it was that it, it hid the crimes of the not so it good hid parts. the crimes. There it yeah. is. Yeah. Yep. Agreed. Yep. Yeah. Cool. But um but getting back to the like the nuances of why I think they had um emotion, first of all, in a society where everybody's taking their drug re- or where everybody that's part of the program is taking their drug religiously, if it killed all emotion, there wouldn't be this need to surveil each other. You know, it was almost like it reminded me, you know, uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, you know, because those the pod people did not show any emotion. So, you know, you're you're constantly like, oh, man, you know, I can't show any emotion. I have to act the role. It was very much that kind of sense that I got. And then some of the things they said, the best clerics were people that had an instinct that could read. You, you know, which suggests empathy, right? You know, but you're not supposed yeah. to have emotions. So how could you have empathy? Right. And yeah. Even, and there's you know, a lot of a uh, big can of worms there that they might have opened. Yeah. That was interesting there that they kind of just touched on, like, you know, the whole like iceberg yeah. principle where you're seeing the 10% above water. Mm-hmm. I think even the, even the like state in this movie wouldn't really want to remove all emotion, right? Because they would still want, the people to feel fear, right? They wouldn't want to remove that. Oh, good point. Is removing yeah. the emotion part good of the point. lie is what I was kind of wondering. Because yeah, the guy in charge clearly too. was like, I don't take the drug, you know? I'm the only one who gets to feel emotions. Well, that was, yeah. I mean, that's like, that's a, like, that's a classic, like, 1984 thing. It's like, you give your, or like cake and circuses, yeah, the people right? have that's, to follow those like rules. Old as yeah, yep. that's old as the hills, right? Is yeah, right. You yep. want your, and that's 
and we're and to be to be honest, we're sort of seeing that today with like um like culture wars in politics. It's another thing. It like distracts mm-hmm. you from mm-hmm. real like what you should actually be fucking paying attention to. That's right. Um, the circus. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's not to say that the issues that are being like fucking like figured out in the like culture, like the quote unquote culture war aren't important issues. But more often than not, you don't want your like politicians dealing with that. You want them making like policy, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, and and a lot of times when politicians don't have any good like policy ideas, they're just like abortion. Why? Yeah. You know? Show me the policy is my yeah. Uh, yeah. is my motto when it comes to those guys. Always show me the policy. By the way, the um, the gun laws that Hollywood was supposedly helping to pass in California have failed due to them not being able to get their S together. And I feel like it may be on purpose because it sure is easier to make movies the old way. <laughs> um, this is in reference to the Alec Baldwin film that uh, I forget what it was called. Mm. No rest or something. No. What was it called? Yeah, mm-hmm. Anyway, the, the, yeah, the, the lady got uh, the cinematographer got killed. And so they were supposedly yeah. going to like fix all that. And then I guess I, my thought, and then maybe I'm just, jaded but my thought was that yeah they waited just enough time to let this fail quietly so that there's no actual change to how the how things are done um just in that regard so that was that was kind of sad to hear that was like yesterday that was a, a blip in the, yeah. in the news before they moved on to other well, I things think, I, I mean that is one of the strengths of this movie right because you can see how like those those like themes that this movie is dealing with are like so timeless, right? That's, that's like one of, that's one of the strengths it has. And because it doesn't, yeah, to- it, because it doesn't like just utterly fumble the ball, like on that shit, like you're going to be invested, right? Especially yeah. if you're an yeah. American who's like, I don't mm-hmm. want fucking government telling me what to do and what to say, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Right. You know? So, uh, I, that it's it, it 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 definitely has it it knows it knows which side its bread is buttered on you know <laughs> yeah know yeah, those thoughts were definitely put into it yeah for sure yeah um okay plus, plus so it has cool action scenes and gunfights so it's it got does that going for it. it does and and let me say that I really enjoyed the bookend uh the callback line that uh oh you know i can feel emotion how can you live with you're not going to shoot me you know that type of thing and then he yeah. and then he um echoed his friend's line you know that's a price i'm willing to pay which i thought that was a really really well mm-hmm. done and delivered uh callback there to end yeah uh, end the film on well done yeah so 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 to 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 call back that line what sacrifice taking the bigger question from this movie, if we could end wars end violence and that type of thing, but had to sacrifice, you know, part of ourselves to what portion of that sacrificing ourselves would be okay. My question would be, is it it actually necessary to sacrifice those things or can we just get our shit together and, and lean into the, the reason, lean into the, into applying rigorous, uh, you know, reasoning to, to our problems rather than just trying to 
um, cut out the human uh, parts that uh, can, you know, go off track. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. If anything, I mean, I think a lack of emotion is what typically causes most wars. Like a lack of empathy and a lack of emotion. Is, sure. You know, in our leadership is typically what is causing thinking in in terms of dollars and cents instead of. Uh, sure, you, sure. It's all in how that oh, type of things used, right? I mean. Oh, most definitely not having access to ethics or reason, lack of emotion. But um, my question was not necessarily emotion. This movie dealt with that. Right, Sacrificing okay. emotion, okay. then you get rid of war. If we could get rid of war and violence, but still had to sacrifice something, to what level would that be okay? You, you know what I mean? I would give up certain things, but not a Klondike bar, according to the commercial. <laughs> No. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Do you have any thought specifically what what you would give up, Jim? Because it's hard to say. Like, I would give up certain things. Sure, I'd probably yeah, a lot. We're talk- but- well, we're talking about generalities, but I guess in this case, it, it would be by kind of matching the theme of the movie, we had to sacrifice to give something within our within something pretty ourselves. big. Yeah, 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 and it has to be something significant. But there will would be world peace. You, you know, there would be uh, no violence. You, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I just think that's it. And I don't have like a specific, yeah. like, you know, cutting a piece a of your brain almost. out. I don't know, you know, but would that be adequate if everybody, as soon as they're born, gets a piece of their brain just cut out of them? And there wouldn't be any war. There wouldn't be any violence. Would that be okay? And then you could just kind of follow this, you know this thought experiment down the line. I don't know. My instinct is probably not. Yeah. That sounds, yeah. That sounds yeah. That me. would be my instinct too. Right. But if we were creating a, a you know, a utopian society, no, no war, yeah. no violence, you even know, no was, aging, no. Even if there was Jim, I think that the, mm-hmm. that the recent um, COVID um, pandemic has shown that people aren't willing to give up shit to help society true but also like a, a world without hmm. war is also sort of like a an impossible thing because like is it also a world without injustice because sometimes war wars are fought to end injustice and it's like you know if we can't fight a civil war to overthrow our government like if, if there's no war and our government becomes corrupt you know, maybe they become corrupt without waging war and now what do we do we can't use war to fight them so we're fucked you know we're stuck with the it's like it's, mm-hmm. it's sort of a, a impossible goal is a society without war. Interesting point. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I like your uh, pro war stance. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> pro war. No, it's, <laughs> it's interesting. <laughs> yeah. I love how. Oh, yeah. Here's another nitpick, though. The, uh, the fascist guys, uh, once like the, the rising, the uprising happened, oh boy, like all the, all the like, faceless fascist guys died in like three seconds it was just like so one-sided which i think maybe speaks to the fantasy that we could just easily overthrow the government if everyone had a musket um but i I just that's just that shit wouldn't happen like that i'm sorry uh that was one of the things i was like yeah right um like and i didn't see like any of the people uprising uh get harmed at all i don't think not one it was just all one-sided Okay, was, you wear the black, was, uh, black biker helmet, you die. It was pretty funny that they, like, when when they finally got um, 
Christian Bale on their side, they're like, okay, we have the whole plan in place. And for some reason, we also need you. Right. Because yeah, right. like, like their plan was like, well, <laughs> if we blow up the the like drug manufacturing places, people will be without their drug and then they'll like come mm-hmm. to their senses, you know? Yeah. And it seems it's like, okay, that seems like a pretty good plan. Why not just do that? You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I get the expediency of like, hey, we're trying to wrap up the film here. Yeah. But right. Yeah. That whole government folded like a wet rag within like a minute. Yeah. I mean, well, it's sort of like, why don't the Eagles just fly them to Mordor? You know, it's like, well, just do it, you know? <laughs> yeah, maybe it is a bit of that. <laughs> it's also the fantasy of like one, you know, toppling the head of a regime topples the into like, you know, if you kill Kim Jong-un, then all of North Korea is not a problem anymore. Like that's like yeah, a very yeah. nice and like clean total fantasy. Just like yeah. real life. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's what's ultimately also appealing about it, though. It's just so satisfying to see it work so cleanly, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not like together. real life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, I think we I have enough believe. to... Oh, Kim, cap us off. Oh, I was just going to say, I can't believe you brought out an A-team reference. <laughs> 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 well, I mean, those if, if anyone has shown us that you can you can punch your way to victory, it was the A-team. Absolutely. <laughs> Them, yeah. Along with every other 80s Saturday morning cartoon fair yeah. and like and TV Batman. show. Yeah. Yeah. All those vigilantes. Yeah. That's right. The American punch way of righteousness. It's the, it's the American stuff. way. Yeah. They're wearing is, the white is. hats. We gotta we They'll gotta be able to take overcome. things into our own hands and get Get it, get it out of the hands of these. I don't know, monarchs. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Down with King George. Okay. Yeah. On that sentiment, do we have enough to grade this thing? <laughs> I think that we might. I hope so. However, before that, um, while we're all assigning our grades, we have time to take a short commercial break. And now a word from our sponsors. Friends, do you feel like? feelings yet you crave to live in a society of emotionless automatons would you respond with a monotonous yes please to indifferently ticking off each second until you're eventually taken by the neutral embrace of oblivion in other words is your favorite ice cream flavor vanilla well then the good folks at Rorator pharmaceuticals makers of gleaminex and stummies invite you to make a clean break from your emotions with the pinnacle of designer drugs, equilibrium. Yes, equilibrium, a new way to treat humanness. Just one sip of <laughs> blandly neutralicious equilibrium in the morning will have you feeling, er, uh, not feeling. You no longer have to imagine what it's like to be a mindless cog in the machine. Experience it firsthand. Look at you, just being there, sort of. Call 1-800-NEUTRALIZE now for a one-month supply of Equilibrium for free. Just pay shipping and associated fees. Side effects include doing take after take, where you smile or act angry or other emotional states, even when you're supposed to be playing a character who does not feel emotions. Being entertained (laughs) despite that glaring plot hole, and subsequently being cast as Batman. Equilibrium. It's blandly neutralicious. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> 
Nice. <laughs> that was excellent. <laughs> Glad you guys enjoyed. <laughs> um, okay, so let's grade this movie. Okay, so I wrote this little thing. Hopefully it'll plays. If you had to drink every third time an actor who is supposed to have had their emotions suppressed gives an emotional reaction in this film, you die of alcohol poisoning. <laughs> However, yeah. I'm willing to overlook a few minor offenses in this way because uh, watching Bale's cleric character experience emotion for the first time was a lot of fun. And they referenced a lot of stuff I liked. And they did a great job of depicting it visually. And I said before, the movie felt kind of like an anime, too, which was which was kind of fun when I started thinking of it like that. Um, so where did I land on it? Uh, I think that I have to mourn a little bit what the movie could have been, because I think this could have been a truly great film had they worked out a, a few of the things we brought up in our discussion. So it's. I don't know. It may sound like a seem like a harsh grade coming for me, but I really did like this movie at a B minus. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree with a lot of uh, what you just said, Ben. And uh, I think that it's it's another movie in in sort of a series of movies that I've found like a lot of faults in, but overall enjoyed watching. And I think there's value in that. But yeah, I agree. It could have been a lot more. And there's also like, you know, there's some devalue in that. The fact that it could have been something great. Um, and I, 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 I think B minus is a perfect place to put it. Uh, so I agree. Yeah, I, ha I mean, I had to, it had to, yeah, the minus kind of for me had to be there. It had to be mentioned. Exactly. But I can't celebrate the highs if I can't admit that there was some some flaws in there too. And some of it aged a little bit, but you know, that's going to happen too. It was a weird era. But yeah, okay, yeah. I'm not going to disagree with the same grade I gave it. Pepe, what did you end up with? <laughs> <laughs> well, I I am a uh, somewhat of a believer in the you either want you want like a real high or a real low experience with your movies, right? You want it to be either really good or like spectacularly bad. Um, or those are the reactions that you want from your audience. You want them to either like blow them away or you want them coming out and being like, I fucking hate that movie. Um, and I also, and sort of dovetailing on that, I think that oftentimes when we give, if you were to give like a score up for like a seven out of 10, like really that's a five, right? Like, se like seven is almost like the worst grade you can give something because it's, just like a, it's just like nothing and like like it just slides off your brain right and so in a certain sense you don't want those sort of like middle grades um but i also am going to give this movie a b minus and that i said i prefaced it with all of that because i think this really is a genuinely like middling movie it is it is on the better side you're not going to get a real strong sort of like wow that was really great and you're not going to get a real like i really didn't like that movie sort of reaction out of it um i think this really is just sort of one of those really right down the middle movies so i'm going to say b minus two hmm. okay wow okay well it's down to jim where'd you end up with uh the movie jim yeah Here comes the um, reveal. i agree 
Well, I agree with all of you, what you guys just said. It was a good movie, not a great movie. It had, um, you know, tropes that I enjoyed, but they could have played a little better, et cetera, et cetera. Um, But overall, I did enjoy the movie and it got me to ask questions. I enjoy good sci-fi and I think this was, you know, like I had said, good, good sci-fi. So I actually um, gave it a for all of those reasons. This is pretty yeah. good genre. This is pretty good genre. It was genre stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I really oh, did yeah. want to give it a B. I felt like the minus just represented mm-hmm. those parts that I was mourning that could have like made it even greater, you know? Because I think the potential yeah. for this movie to be a great film was there, and there, and like Pepe said, there were some mm-hmm. great moments. Interesting. So we almost graded it the same thing, but what does that leave our GPA with three B minuses and a B? You might be amazed to learn that that puts it at a B minus GPA. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I am shocked. Like, no one could have predicted B-. that. B minus, the blandest of all the grades. I uh, got a 2.78. So that, that's just a little above a, a B minus is a solid 2.7. So it's just like a hair above. Um, thanks to Jim, of course. And that puts it alongside such movies as... Oh, no, don't... Oh, this kills me every yes. time. This is my favorite part of the show. <laughs> Beetle, oh. Beetlejuice. That's one of mine. Beetlejuice. Okay. okay. All right. Um, that's a 2.74. Uh, Troll Hunters, also a 2.74. Mm-hmm. Uh, Clerks yeah, is a 2.74. A lot of 2.74s. Um, Clerks was a 2.74? 2.74, uh, yeah. Huh. And uh, I think that's about it. Oh, uh, Willow got a 2.8. Um, so also in the B minus oh. range, yeah. Uh, and other side of the wind also got a B minus two point eight six. So yeah, those are other are other B minuses. Pretty good company, I think. Okay. Not, nothing too bad. Yeah. There. What was the second movie you said after Beetlejuice? Uh, Troll Hunters. That's your that's okay. your movie on yeah, the list. Yeah, yeah. What was the one after that? Do you remember? Um, Clerks. Clerks. Yeah. Clerks. Okay. Yeah. Should have got a better grade. I guess I Clerks wouldn't. I guess I grade. wouldn't argue with. I think Troll Hunter is a little more interesting than this movie, just sort of conceptually. Like it's a, mm-hmm. yeah, like because because, and I say I say that just because no, it's this more, movie, it's definitely more unique. It is yes, more unique. Yeah, it doesn't it's it doesn't lean so much on what came before it. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Well, that wraps it up for Equilibrium. We have a very uh, middling grade for equilibrium, which is kind of interesting. Yeah, uh, maybe ironic even. It it, it um, achieved an equilibrium, and it's great. It, it kind of oh. did, actually. Yeah, that's, for what it's worth. All, yeah, uh, for what it's worth, Jordan. Jordan has deemed our grading fair. Is it fair? Fair. Yeah. Yeah. So he, right. so he graded sure. our grade of B B. Basically, this is getting yeah, better right. now. This, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. <laughs> well, thank him for the submission, and keep him coming. Uh, and everyone else too. Uh, go, again, you can go to, uh, since I'm mentioning it, you can go to redhenmedia.com slash audience choice. Takes about 10 seconds, maybe. Um, if you want to get a coffee and wait around and really think it through, it can take as long as you want. But if you know what you're doing, click, click, you're done. You can go so, see the matrix while you're thinking about it. Uh, yeah, you could <laughs> while yeah. you're waiting in line. Yeah, that was actually really So neat. while you're submitting the matrix. I ended up liking the matrix more than the, the prequel, which is kind of funny. Anyway, that's not funny. That's totally understandable. It's totally. Yeah, it's just how it is. It's just still sad. It still hurts me to this day. Um, So why don't we put equilibrium to bed for now? 
until it's we contextualize it with what comes next because it is time to roll the dice. Oh, baby, and this is next find movie. out what the next movie is going to be. Yay! Yay! So, who's gonna roll me some dice here? Should be Pepe's. That's me, right? It is Pepe's turn. Okay. In a D four. D four is what I did. Opening the submission mm-hmm. page. All right. Ready when you are, my friend. All right, man. I got my I got my caltrop ready. Okay. Do it. It is a three. Suspense is killing me. We are watching a movie called Ex Machina 2014. Now playing on Hulu and Showtime. X. I'm excited. Machina. Not Machina. Love, X I Machina. Love that movie. Don't get him confused. It's a good movie. X Machina. Yeah, I've seen it. Good movie. I liked it. If you've seen it, you probably it was a pretty popular movie Isaac. when it came out. I can't believe it. it's already been ten years. I'll say that. Ten years for that movie? Holy shit! Yeah, yeah. feels like only yesterday. Yep. So. <laughs> <laughs> watch it, watch it, uh, and meet us next week to continue our show and the next uh, for uh, show two of series nine already. And uh, we continue a very fun theme of the modern sci-fi that I'm very much enjoying and looking forward to what else is to come. Uh, eight years, Ben. It's been eight years. It's 2014. Oh, 2014. Yeah. Well, there goes my memory. I said 2012. Yeah. Uh, eight years, the better part of still. a decade. Yeah, still. What the hell? Yeah, I, I watched Sideways the other day and I was like, what? It's like, that came out almost 20 years ago? You gotta be kidding me. Have you guys seen? Oh, none of you have seen Sideways. Okay. No, well, I, I've seen know. Sideways. Oh, okay. I remember mentioning it before and a few of you hadn't seen it. But anyway, yeah. Uh, if you, yeah, Sideways is one of the, it's the same director as uh, Nebraska. So I'll probably submit that at some point. So watch out for that when you get a free point on me when I submit that one. Well, Sideways has the benefit of having Paul Giamatti in it, which Nebraska I do think didn't. it's the better film, frankly. I think the at the time oh, we were doing black and white movies. That's what that's what did yeah, it on that yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so we know what we're watching for next week. We know where it's playing. We do have to cover a little show business. How much do you know about show business, Mister Valiant? Only there's no business like it. No business I know. Okay. A retraction. Last Uh show, we forgot to do a retraction. So we retract not having retracted anything previously, if that makes sense. It's a retroactive retractionary retcon implemented by DoubleThink. Uh, You see, Equilibrium isn't the only one who can rip off 1984. Anyway, we sincerely apologize and ask that you bear with us as we strive to be better. This is why you're a, this is why you're a, you're a retractor first class. That's that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Those who are responsible for the non-retraction have been sacked. I'll say that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> How many things can I rip off in this bit? Uh, um, okay. So, Benny Mills, you can write to the show at ben at redhenmedia.com and we may respond on the show. Let us know how we're doing. Did we get something wrong? Inevitably, we do every time. That's why we have retractions. Uh, did you arrive at the same conclusions as James Pepe and therefore discover objective truth? Yeah, you'd yeah. be right. What segment of the show is your favorite? 
Where are you listening from? We want to know that one. Uh, we got some listeners from India this last week, which I thought wow, was pretty nice. nice. Yeah. And some other places. I'll have to off the message you guys. Some some new downloads from around the world. So oh, we're international folks. Yeah, write to us. And uh, we may respond on the show. Okay, that does it for show business. Um, I think usually we end the show usually, here, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I've, I've seen the show once or twice. I think I remember. I mean, this I'm is familiar the end. with the show. This is the end. This is the this is the end, my friend. Yeah, this is the yeah. If there's I never ever, a sound effect. There's never a sound ever. effect here that introduces another bit, another segment. <laughs> ever find? <laughs> oh, saved by the bell. Whoa. Just one more thing. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> Lieutenant Colombo says that we have time for just one more thing, where each co-host shares something from outside of the show. Um, so I'll kick this off with saying that I, I'm going to get to my just one more thing. So I bought a projector because I've always wanted one, and Amazon was like, hey, you can get it for like some super nice. cheap half-off price. So I was like, all right, fine, I'll get one. And uh, It wasn't that expensive, guys. But it is pretty cool. Uh, you set up the projector, you got a big screen in your house that makes your big screen TV look like a baby's toy. And you get to watch movies. And, and there's something about the light hitting the screen. I said this to you guys in chat, I think. There's just something magic about that, about projected light on a screen. It's just different. Feels different. Maybe it's because all you're, you can't really watch it unless all the lights are dim. So maybe it's like a focus thing. I don't know. Maybe it just looks better. But it's been fun. So I watched The Godfather uh, on, the, oh, on, wow. on the big screen for the first time. And it's beautiful. And you got to see all these details I'd never noticed before. And so I say that to say this. I ended up watching this series that everyone who enjoys The Godfather should watch. It's now streaming on Paramount+. Plus, and it's called The Offer. Have any of you guys seen this one yet? Oh, it's about the making of the, the Godfather. Oh, yep. it's so it, yeah. entertaining. Yep. Yeah. So if you like the Godfather, if you've seen the Godfather, which most people have and recognize it as one of the best movies ever made, watch this amazing story about how not only did it not only get made or almost not get made at almost every turn, uh, there was stuff happening there that I had no idea with the mafia and with Sinatra mm -hmm. and just the powers that be. So this is like an epic power struggle with with this little movie that could in the center of it. And it makes for great drama. And it's hmm. one of my main reasons for tuning into Paramount Plus. So if you got that one, definitely don't miss the offer. Can't recommend it enough. Pepe, do you like The Godfather? Are you a fan of that? Film? Oh, yeah. Big time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you got to check out the offer. All of you guys who have watched it. Devin, have you seen The Godfather? I don't no. mean to be that, be like, no, mean that as a slide. Look, I'm look just at curious. This, look at this man. Does he look like Devin. the man in the Godfather? Have you seen Devin, the Godfather? No. <laughs> no. Did he no. say no? I didn't I hear. I have not. Yeah, I have said not. No. Okay. Okay. Well, maybe we'll maybe I'll we'll have a, a viewing party and we can we can watch it on the big screen and and you with yeah. that. And then uh, you guys watching, all gotta watch the offer or something. We'll watch it in a virtual movie theater. Oh, we can do that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. Cool. So um, that's my just one more thing. And now you have another movie to put in your list, uh, your queue there, Devin. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Sounds like that's Did you hear happen. that? Did you hear that dismissal? Yeah, yeah. Well, I heard it. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Yeah, your it, it would have been more dismissive if he would have done this. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> yes, sir, whatever. <laughs> 
<laughs> but now under your just one more thing which we should all run out and do um, <laughs> well i was gonna say about projectors that if you have a high quality one and you have the right setup they're great cat i'm gonna call out cat here cat's household okay. has a projector it's not a high quality projector i can tell yeah, by looking yeah. at it it's not high quality they project it onto their wall yeah that's and don't have the lighting situation like they have no blackout curtains or anything it's like a very open you know floor plan house yes and it's it's just the worst quality shit i've ever seen no and no they it's terrible by it. it wrong they no, all you're like, wrong. I've, I've heard I mean, all the roommates are like it's so much bigger than a tv i'm like yeah but it looks it's like the resolution is like the resolution of a phone it doesn't yeah. matter how big you stretch it it's still just the resolution of a phone i'll say this uh, is a yeah. i'll oh. say this is a yeah i don't know and it stretches into weird okay so i'll i'll say this is a caveat i was a projectionist for a while and so at my home my family suffered through days of me tinkering until i got it perfect to where i could do a like i could project onto a professional screen uh that you need because those screens uh, you need a screen if you if you project on a wall you're really going to see the wall a lot yeah. like the wall uh texture and stuff find it so yeah projecting on a screen is important and i i took a long time to make sure i really got a good straight on setup now that said I did read about this new technology, these new projectors, and they're really expensive. Like six grand, I think, is what the price was for this one. You you can have it like eight inches from a wall and during the daylight, and it'll still work. So if that's the case and that comes down mm-hmm. in price, that technology will be game changing because I'll totally go for that rather than have a, a screen in my way all the time. Um, so that's kind of in the pipelines, and Richie Rich guys might have that as a toy already. I'd love to get my hands on one to, to actually see if it lives up to what they're claiming because that sounds neat um yeah you if you've used a projector before you know you have to get it like basically straight on with the wall which means you if you're sitting behind the projector you're uh, eliminating what it's trying to give you you know so you have to have a pretty good setup in place to be able to actually enjoy it as it's meant to be enjoyed yeah um and and their reason for having a projector too is totally bullshit it's just the yes okay. they don't like the aesthetics of a tv like nothing in their house is black everything's white or earth tone in their mm-hmm. whole house so they mm-hmm. just don't want like a big like black square in the middle of their that house sounds like some hippie i can see that bullshit. but i can't yeah, exactly. live without i i don't have my it's not like i left my projector up and was like fuck tv no i'm i'm my tv's right next to me right here i love you yeah take that cat in your your roommate yeah yeah, yeah. Can, uh, come back to the show just so you can give your uh counter arguments yeah, yeah. please we miss you yeah, yeah. <laughs> um so my my one more thing is another uh sort of audio drama podcast don't know cool, what really to these. call these things yeah this is a spotify original um batman podcast called or batman audio drama called batman unburied uh and it is like fucking outstanding like it is DC it, does really great audio dramas. Yeah, it is my favorite. It's my favorite like piece of media I've maybe consumed this year. It is so wow. like better than Wastelanders over the top. Or was that last year? Uh, that was last year, and that I never even finished. This is like I, I'll I, like I would be on my deathbed listening to this if I had to. Like Ooh. I would Ooh. not miss an episode of this if you had a gun to my head. You guys, um, if you like Sandman, they have a really good audio yeah, drama. Yeah. Sandman, that's DC as well, and it is fucking amazing. Yeah, Sandman yeah. Part One and Two. Yeah, you guys got to check that one out if you like this one. I don't know. Even if you're not familiar with Sam, and I think it's just quality, quality work. Um, um, I'll have to, I'll definitely be checking out the Batman one. 
So. Yeah, so but it has also has a stacked, pretty stacked cast. Uh, Lance Reddick is in it. Uh, you might know him from his voice, his amazing voice. Uh, he's he's like the antagonist in the New Horizon game. He's the uh, he's Zavala in Destiny. He was also in the show Fringe, which is one of my favorite shows of all time. Um, he's he's just got one of those like incredible voices of our generation. Like he'll live on forever just for his voice, and it's like impossible to describe. You have to hear it. So if you don't recognize his name. Google him, Lance Reddick, and uh, you'll you'll write. I don't, but I will. I'll check it out. Yeah, um, Gina Rodriguez, who she was like the star of Jane the Virgin and uh, a bunch of other TV stuff. She's kind of a rising star. Uh, Ashley Birch, who I think I've even mentioned on this podcast before, she's like a huge voice actor. She plays Tiny Tina in all the Borderlands games. Uh, mm. She was on that show, um, Mythic Quest. She's she plays herself in Mythic Quest, or not herself literally, but she is live in that one. Whereas usually she plays voices. Uh, Jason Isaacs is in it. Um, Winston Duke, who played Mbaku in the Black Panther movie. Uh, yeah, a lot of great voices. Also, all three of the McElroy brothers inexplicably are in it as like extras. And that, that's how I found out about it is Interesting. all the McElroys are in it, um, which is totally not important. They all have like one line each, but it just happened. They just happened to all be in it. So, Devin, um, are they doing a, like a weekly release thing or can we just binge this thing or what? How it they, is a weekly release. There's, I believe, eight episodes out now, seven or eight episodes now. I oh, don't know how to long get in there. run is planned to be. Yeah, definitely enough to get you started. And yeah. it is a very different take on the stories. Like, if you are tired of Batman or even like superheroes in general, it is like you won't, it, it won't feel like you're watching a, a, a superhero thing or a Batman yeah. thing. Um, it is very different, very much turning a lot of the concepts on, its, on their heads. Uh, also, I totally forgot. Also, um, uh, uh, what's his name? Hassan Minaj. Hassan Minaj is in this. Oh, nice! He's incredible nice. in it. He does such a good job mm-hmm. as the character he plays. I'm not going to tell you who any of these people play because the names are spoilers. You have to just listen to it. Um, oh, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, that, yeah, that might be. Say the name of it again. Batman Unburied. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so yeah, I'll tag a, uh, a, a writer onto that, Devin. Uh, if if you guys, if anyone has HBO Max out there. Um, and you have either read the Watchmen or have not read it. They have the Watchmen motion comic that you can watch. It's like maybe an hour long and it just kind of, if you haven't read the Watchmen or feel like you would like to reread it, uh, the motion comic is a great way to do it. The voice acting is there. It's, it's kind of similar into production level as these things. They put a lot behind it and it was, I watched it just kind of like, Oh, the Watchmen. Uh, threw it on and it was fun. It was neat to. Well, I guess a Watchman isn't really a fun story, but I was entertained. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, two more things, real quick. Just I do. I do want to say Winston Duke Mbaku plays Bruce Wayne. I'll, I'll give you that that name matched to a face, um, which I think he does an incredible job. And uh, speaking about the audio design specifically, they like. It is over the top good. It's probably maybe the best part is just the audio, like the sound effects and everything they do. Like there is a scene very early on in like the first episode, I think, that is like meant to be very revolting and like gross. And I had to like pause the podcast and take my headphones out because it was like so visceral, hmm. like truly visceral. Uh, it felt like the horrifying thing that was happening was literally happening to me because of how good the like nice. 3D audio was. It's amazing um, what they can do with that yeah. theater of the mind. It's yeah. When it's audio is no longer the redheaded stepchild, uh, you know the visual part's not there. They really shine, and Absolutely. I think that a lot of the people that uh, mix audio for a living 
really lean in and like, you know, it's really their, their burden to carry at that point. And they, and if they're good at it, they, yeah, they really shine through. I can't wait to listen to that. I'm going to queue it up yeah. uh, for my next bike ride there. Very good. Yeah, definitely. Go check out the Sandman <laughs> and Watchmen. Uh, okay, so Pepe, what have you got for this? What <laughs> what have you got for us this week? I, well, so while we were talking, I was thinking so much about John Woo um, that I looked up to see oh, if okay. um, Hard Boiled was available online anywhere. It is not, which is a fucking travesty that's a crime so uh go get your hands on hard-boiled john Woo's hard-boiled and enjoy um but what i wanted to recommend is that yates uh got so many shout outs in this movie um i wanted to let yeah. people know um that on youtube you can actually listen to a recording of yates read what's probably his most famous poem the Lake Isle of Innisfree. Um, and listening to him read his poem is incredible. Um, oh my God, he, I didn't know that existed. Yeah, he was so, yeah, he, was, yeah. he was alive into the radio era, right? 1930 yeah. something? The, I think till 1938 or something. Okay, yeah. Um, and uh, he, the way he reads his poem is incredible. Yeats was also like a guy who was really into the occult and stuff. And so he reads his poem uh, like a preacher. He like, he like preaches his poem. Hmm. Um, hmm. so if you go onto YouTube and just type in WB Yates reads the Lake Isle of Innisfree, or even just Yates Innisfree, Lake Isle of Innisfree, you can hear a recording of him, um, reading his poem. It's incredible. Uh, whenever I think of, whenever I remember this though, I always remember, um, I also always remember, um, that you can listen to T.S. Eliot read his poem, The Love Song of J. Alfred Prufrock, which is probably one of my favorite um, poems, especially from, definitely from that era, but probably maybe one of my favorite poems. Excellent. Uh, could you, could you to, post those both into the Discord server? Yeah, sure. When you get a chance. But yeah. um, the, the more, the sort of, one of the interesting things is, if you do any reading about Yeats and about Eliot, and then you hear the way they read their poetry, you can totally mm. hear their personalities in their voice. Because like I said, Yeats, Yeats, he, he, he reads this poem like a preacher. He sort of starts out sort of low and slow, and then he builds to this crescendo. But um, Eliot reads his poem like he's embarrassed to be reading it. And he has... He has a voice that sort of sounds like this and it's not very appealing to listen to. And Yeats just has this like booming preacher's voice. Um, but it's there. It's incredible to listen to these guys read their poetry. Um, the Lake Isle of Industry is probably my second favorite poem by Yeats. My favorite is The Second Coming. Um, you can find it online. I don't know if it exists, if a recording of him reading it exists, but you can find The Second Coming by... Yates online. It's probably it's my favorite poem of his, I think. Um, and when you read it, you'll recognize some famous lines from it too. So nice. that is my one more thing. Uh, get some poetry all up in you. Go on to YouTube yeah, yeah. and yep. listen to Yates reading Lake Isle of Industry and T.S. Eliot reading the love song of J. Alfred Prufrock. Cool, cool. 
what you were saying there reminded me of when I first got into the Beatles. I, I started like being like, oh, they wrote that. Oh, they wrote that. Oh, wow. They wrote that. Wow. They wrote everything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's good. I'll look forward to do I'll, I'll, I'll circle back and let you know if I recognize anything from those. Okay. Jim Scott, what have you got for us this week on just one more thing? Yeah, so I had finished my um, nonfiction book uh, just some days ago, the uh, Stolen Focus one, and I went to the library and picked up uh, this book, and this is going to be my new um, nonfiction book. I haven't cracked it yet, but I just read the back, but it's uh, The Mayo Clinic Guide to Stress-Free Living, and the author is Amit Sood, M.D., so I don't know anything about Ahmed Sud. I don't know if this is relevant or how grounded in research it is, but I will find out. Um, Sounds promising, though, all... if it can deliver. Yeah, yeah it's in, you know, um, the profession that I'm going to be going into, you know, self-care is paramount. Right. So this is yes. another, you know, I, I figure while I have a lot of quiet time, I can build up, you know, new blocks absolutely of uh different things and it's it's but, probably uh, the goal of it's probably the goal of many people to decrease the stress in their life i know it's one of my goals yeah and and as a societal level i have the feeling and there is some research to back this it's not just a, just a feeling alone um if it was i should probably take an equilibrium pill i don't know but uh the the <laughs> feeling is that we are more stressed Coming out of the pandemic and mm-hmm. in a time of uncertainty, um, you know, and just look at the the numbers, the numbers of depression, and anxiety, you know, um, yeah, I think we are on edge um, oh, as yeah. a society in general, yeah. in general. And uh, that I don't is think feeling, anyone would argue know, against that point. Yeah, and it's a feeling I get when, you know, when I was at work. You know, and we had oh, a crowded, really? you know, um, yeah, dining room. And huh. it's a feeling when I uh, get when I'm out and about. Um, it's a feeling yeah. that I get now because, yeah. uh, you know, with my father, when we go out into public places, he likes to talk to everyone. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, some people don't want to be talked to. They are in their own world and sure. they do look stre- stressed. So, but uh, some of the ingredients it says on the back, just real quick. Uh, will help you develop deep and sustained attention. Uh, so that's kind of writing off the coattails of the last book I, re- I read. Mm-hmm. Um, practice gratitude, compassion, and acceptance. Um, live a meaningful life. Cultivate nurturing relationships and achieve your highest potential. Some of this stuff kind of sounds like a um, self-help book or a motivational speaker, but, you know, I don't know. We'll see. You know, it's interesting what you said about your your dad and what you noticed there. I I went out to Target the other day with Hunter with me, my son, and Mm -hmm. he's he's pushing the cart and, you know, he's like navigating the store. And I'm like, you know, watch out for people. Like, don't hit them with the cart. He thought I meant, like, say hi to everyone you see. And so he's saying hi to, like, everybody he saw on the Target. And it was interesting. It was about a 50-50 where people would be like, we're delighted to say hi back to this kid or others were like pretending not to hear or just in their own world sure. or, or even like did not want to be approached in that sense. So yeah. Yeah. There was a good number of people that were just not having the, the kid say hi to them basically. 
So um, yeah, and similar I, yeah thing, I guess. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. I remember, you know, and I, I, I try not to get nostalgic about things. You know, the rose-colored glasses, things were better in the past, because I don't think mm-hmm. that. I just think, you know, some things are different. But I do remember distinctly, you know, as a young adult, you know, and, and getting older, being able to talk to a stranger and having oh, yeah. a meaningful conver- conversation, and it was the norm. Look, I right. remember back in the eighties growing up. You're waiting in line on Alma, mm-hmm. where you where you rented a couple places to go, Jim. I grew up on that street. Yeah. We used to have block parties all the time. Like we knew all the neighbors and saw them yes. and talked to them all. I've never exactly. experienced that since moving out of that neighborhood, and it doesn't exist a, anymore. A, I don't. Exactly. Not much anyway. Um, not not around ge- where I've been. I'm sure there are pockets yeah, it, of that, but in general in california yeah maybe in the smaller towns i don't know yeah, but yeah maybe. all the areas that, that i frequented and lived has been different and uh mm-hmm. the norm is not the norm today is not to talk to a stranger there it seems to be this low level tension of stranger danger and i think there's a lot of reasons why sure, that even is even though we kind of laugh at true. that tongue in cheek i think that it really on some level probably does apply or people just, yeah. I think people are just so sick of, at least I am, of like being disappointed <laughs> in in some people's propensity to kind of inflict themselves on others rather than to try to mm-hmm. work with others, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, there's that. But yeah, let us know how that pans out with, with the For new sure. book because I could use a little less stress, you know what I'm saying? For um, sure. Yeah, for sure. cool. Okay. Well, thanks, guys, for all that stuff. Uh, all good stuff that I will try to follow up on myself, uh, keeping in spirit with the show. Uh, I say that because I secretly want you all to listen to the Sandman. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> and I think that really is about it here. So let's give our uh, Dorothy center stage for a moment and give her her moment. I'll miss you most of all. There she is. Well done. Dorothy is here letting us know it's time to say goodbye. I'm not crying because if I was, you'd turn me into the, uh, uh, what was the government's name? I should have pre-written this. <laughs> the equilibrium people. No, the, yeah, the, the tetragrammaton. No, the tetragrammaton. Yeah. Don't turn me into them. Anyway. Yeah. So I flubbed that. Oh, well, we'll fix it in post. Let's start saying goodbye, starting with Mr. Devin Schwartz. I have been Devin Schwartz. You can find me at Devin Schwartz 1 on Twitter and game over, man. Game over. Game over. Insert new coin? No. We've had enough. Um, (laughs) We won't put you through another half hour. Don't worry. James Pepe. Uh, I... Uh, what do I usually say? I was and have... You usually say something? Oh, yes, you do, kind of. Yeah. You've evolved the thing. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, some, I don't know. Whatever. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Thank, fuck, I'm totally fucked up now. I've been James <laughs> Shouldn't have been drinking all that uh, chocolate whiskey. Uh, yeah. I, I picked a terrible day to stop sniffing glue. Right? That's right. <laughs> That's your new line. All right, moving on. Yeah. Jim Scott. I've been, no, 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 no. <laughs> I've been James Peppy. And thanks for coming out and watching or listening. And I hope to see you again next week. I you think did that's it. what I usually say. Yeah, I will rise good. now and go to Innisfree.
Now I've had my fix. One, two, three, four. Yeah. Um, okay. Jim Scott. Yeah. I'm Jim Scott and uh Belware. Uh Bearwell. Bearwell. There I got where speaking to correct my pronunciation. We really do need some um, equilibrium here. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> been way too long. Yeah. That's what happens. Yeah. Take a couple weeks off, come in cold. On that note, this has been. I'll look at yours if you look at mine. And now that you've looked at ours, we hope to look at yours soon. If you enjoy the show, be sure to smash that like button. Is that still ironic or am I doing that for realsies now? I'm not sure. Comment, subscribe, ring the bell, give us a five-star review, dot your I's, cross your T's, sign here, initial here, and don't forget to tell your friends. And today's parting sentiment, had I the heavens embroidered cloths and wrought with golden and silver light, the blue and the dim and the dark cloths of night and light and the half light, I would spread the cloths under your feet. But I, being poor, have only my dreams, so I have spread my dreams under your feet. Tread softly, because you tread on my dreams. And remember to watch Ex Machina 2014, now streaming on Hulu and Showtime for next week's show. Until next time, keep on looking!